Hello there, my name's Neil David and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at Eurograps EXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Very, 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 becky, 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 pishy, pishy. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. They should throw sardines at these people. <laughs> the guy the guy that said, how, why, how is it that you're able to be so great? <laughs> yeah. They should have thrown him a fucking sardine to catch in his mouth. And, and you know, that's what they, or, 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 here's a treat, or, or, or. Rich Crage. There's somebody listening right now that has never listened to us before and probably will never listen again. So, hello and goodbye. Uh, you should try us out, though. We're pretty good. So maybe stick with us for, for another hour. After an hour, if you, if you don't like the vibe, hit the bricks. We don't want you anyway. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what is happening? How are you? There's a lot happening. A Very lot busy. happening in this wrestling world. Never, never... The world of MLW never stops, and man, the professional wrestling world just will not stop, cannot stop, and man, especially that world of AEW, <laughs> there's always something, always a twist, always a turn, and uh, for now, we're good, right? If you had to take the temperature on AEW at this exact moment right now, pretty good, right? I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pay-per-view weekend, uh, CM Punk back in the fold, although not <laughs> today announced on... <laughs> television yet but uh you know and then set up for a huge summer after they get past double or nothing so um yeah i mean if i'm if i'm tony khan right now i'm feeling really good i'm feeling a lot of pressure there's a lot of huge shows that they have to put together but you got to feel good if you're an AEW fan you're gonna have a tremendous summer of big show after big show to look forward to, plus the debut of a new television show. So yeah, a lot of things are things are looking up in AEW for sure. And if you love, you know, the drama of wrestling, <laughs> Phil Brooks is still there, and and you know, I'm sure something will will come up, something will uh, occur. So yeah, if you're into the wrestling, you're getting a lot of good wrestling this summer uh, in 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 a lot of different companies, and certainly uh, if you like the drama of wrestling, well. CM Punk's in AEW again, so you know you're always uh, always uh, down for something. But uh, yeah, you did a uh, you know c- hate to do a plug like you know less than five minutes into the show, but I'm plugging away, goddamn it, because this is our show and we can do it. Uh, FlagshipPatreon.com, uh, the Thursday AEW Dynamite review that you did this week uh, is equal parts a Dynamite review of, of, of last night's you know go home show. Uh, for double or nothing, and then also the Punk timeline, which I think really is something everybody should listen to because i think if, if you've been watching this from afar or even if you haven't been watching it afar and your head was spinning like last week when we tried to try remember last week when we came on here and i was like i don't even know how to begin to tell you what is going on how to put it in any sort of timeline or anything 
luckily now with the benefit of, of of time and understanding and you talking to people and putting everything together you have basically created the perfect way to know what the CM Punk timeline was and to, to have an idea of what that how it came together what pitfalls happened along the way when things were worked out and and to get to this point now will those things change in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks I, maybe I don't know. It's it's CM Punk and it's AEW. It's very possible. But as of this time right now, uh, I think that is like the definitive listen. If 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 you have the chance to do it, uh, it's on our five dollar tier. Thursday Dynamite reviews the Punk timeline where you just you 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 go through it all, how we got here, now where we are at this point here, recording here on May twenty fifth. Uh, something you guys definitely should listen if you haven't listened to yet. Uh, definitely while we're at the time. So if you think it's just a Dynamite review and you're like, ah, I don't care, I watch Dynamite. No, it's a good Dynamite review, no doubt. But yeah, that that first part of it, the Punk timeline, is I think uh, a central radio to catch you up to what the hell's been going on here. It mostly drama free too. I, I think you didn't you, you got into like things that caused certain little dramas here and there, but not, it was mostly just here's the facts. All right, here you go. Here's the facts. Here's what's happening. Here's how it happened. And here we are right now. So so definitely uh, uh, recommend that to anybody listening to this who has not listened to that uh, while worth their time. I think we'll recap a little bit of it here, but I think you did it there for, God, how long was that? 35, 40 minutes, basically, going through the whole punk timeline? I think I went almost 40 minutes on the punk stuff uh, before I got into the review of the show. But there was a lot of stuff last week on the flagship, you know, that that we just didn't know yet. And... You know, I put in a lot of work during the week talking to a lot of different people and collecting information. And there was a lot of light bulb moments, too, as I was going through that. And, um, you know, I, 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 I tried to make it as clear and orderly as possible on the audio to kind of take people through going from last Tuesday all the way through basically um, the Dynamite show last night you know, everything that's happened, why it happened, some of the misconceptions of things that happened. And I tried to be as fair as possible and unbiased towards, you know, uh, not biased towards any of the different sides. Um, I think that punk in some regards has been misrepresented to some extent when it comes to certain things. I think Tony Khan has been misrepresented uh, when it comes to certain things. And I think the elite side in some ways has been misrepresented when it comes to a lot of things with all of this. Um, You know, there seems to be this idea that, you know, if you ask the common wrestling fan, someone who might not be as dialed in as we are or, um, some of our listeners, and I think even some of our listeners, if you ask them, the, the general interpretation of everything that has gone on, and they would tell you, well, you know, Tony Khan's a pushover and CM Punk always gets his way. And, it, it, you know, it, it, that's not really the truth of the matter, you know, and, and it's Tony Khan's a pushover, CM Punk always gets his way, and the elite always gets shit on, and they don't get their way in any regard. And I, I don't think any of that is true when you really look at how a lot of the stuff has played out and we just didn't know a ton when we did our show last week, we did the best we could. We pieced it together. And in fact, I did talk to some people who listened to our audio and they said, you know, you guys have an amazing ability to, I'm going to put, I'm gonna, of course I'm putting our us over. Yeah, please do. Please continue. But, yeah. I love it. I love it. Keep going. No, but so yeah, so I said, <laughs> you guys have an, an, an amazing ability 
to have the right instincts when it comes to a lot of stuff because sometimes you don't have any information but your instincts lead you pretty much in the right direction when it comes to a lot of these things which obviously i took as a uh as a huge compliment but <laughs> i just um, wish my instincts were as good with like the stock market or you know finances but i'm glad that it's you know understanding messy wrestling drama instead so yeah that's all right that's fine you know yeah yeah but uh <laughs> real but estate yeah, it's, it's, it's nice uh, to have that keen sense of real estate but now i have it of you know messy wrestling drama instead that's fine yeah and everybody says it's a good piece of audio and they learned a ton and there was a lot of good insights in it so i'll take your word for it of course the minute i slapped stop on the recording i thought it sucked and i blew the whole thing but um that's just uh me being super hard on myself like i always am but um but yeah i mean you know the, the gist of it to catch everybody else up is this uh, and I'm not going to do 40 more minutes on it, but the gist of it is uh, CM Punk always intended to come back to work. And if you were in our discord all week long and following along with, you know, the things I was uh, talking people out of trees there and everything, I never wavered from that CM Punk at every step at every point along the way, even when things were ugly early last week, you know, the day of the upfronts and the day before with the a steel thing, he never, uh, not intended to come to work. He always the double negative. He he always intended to come to work. He was never threatened not to come to work. But the thing is, Tony Khan was not going to allow CM Punk to come back to work until he had some assurances. And you know that's you know it, it's funny. A lot of things happen, and then they get extrapolated into something else. Like you know these two sides, the AEW side and the and the CM Punk side, have been. Um, you know, playing ping pong with these uh, legal documents, adjusted contract, whatever you want to call it, NDAs, uh, for a long time now. And and that's just how lawyers operate. You know, you send it to one side, that side takes a look, they make a couple of adjustments. Everything's a negotiation when it comes to things like this. But somehow that got turned into AEW sending CM Punk legal threats. You know, and, and when you say legal threats, that sounds really ominous, Right. And then it gives everyone this impression that there's this contentious relationship between CM Punk and Tony Khan, when everything I've been told is the complete opposite, that CM Punk and Tony Khan over the last week or so have have just been talking about creative plans and they, they're on tremendous terms, all while these negotiations were going on with these with these documents, which were signed on Tuesday. On Tuesday, everything was signed, sealed, and delivered. Everything that CM Punk needed to sign needed to agree to, has been signed and agreed to. And that was no surprise to any of the people that I spoke to because CM Punk and Tony Khan have been on great terms ever since they worked out the Ace Steel thing on Tuesday. And yes, the Ace Steel thing was worked out on Tuesday. It didn't break until Wednesday. By then it was fixed. By then it was settled. And that doesn't mean CM Punk is happy about it. Okay, again, he's not racking up wins here like people think he is. Okay, he he didn't want his own show. That's that's a consequence of his past behavior that he has to be segregated and banished, you know, to the to the island of miscontent toys on (laughs) Saturdays. Okay, Uh, he wants a steal back. He's not getting that. You know, he's taking a lot of L's here and he's doing so because he wants to come back and wrestle. So, as I said at the top, there seems to be this misconception that CM Punk just gets his way because he's the biggest star and make no mistake. He's the biggest star, okay? And and there are advantages to that. 
and they probably wouldn't be going through <coughs> this much trouble for someone if they weren't the biggest star. But it's not as if he's just, you know, bulldozing his way back into the picture and getting his way at every turn. That's not the case. Tony Khan is not the pushover that people think he is. And there were a lot of concessions that had to be made. And I'm not privy to all of them. I do know that he's not permitted. He's forbidden to talk about brawl out and all of the ensuing fallout from it, just like everybody else. You know, and that was important to Tony to get that down in writing, you know, and 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 I don't know what his original contract said, but if he's just going to be working on Saturdays now, I'm sure that all had to be worked out. Like, okay, you're coming to work Saturdays now, so we have to, you know, readjust this contract and and get other things down in writing. That's that's all this was. There were no legal threats. As soon as legal threats starts getting thrown around, people assume that CM Punk is sitting home with his arms folded, telling Tony Khan, "Fuck you, I'm not coming to work." And Tony Khan said, "Oh yeah, well I'll show you, and uh, I'm going to make my lawyer." It, it wasn't like that at any point. There's no threats, you know, but it's just funny how these things get extrapolated into something that they're not, you know, and, and maybe it's a, a matter of telephone game where uh, there's a piece of documentation or something that CM Punk has to sign that says, OK, you have to come to work on Saturdays now. And then through telephone game, that turns into, oh, he's been it's a legal threat. It, Tony's telling him he has to come to work. every. No, it's not that. Well, and, and, and this entire thing, not, not to kind of interrupt, you know, your thing like we, we, since last year, it's been a good versus evil, right versus wrong elite. You know what I mean? Like, so it's always going to get twisted and turned and mani- when it's like it's not. It's not that black and white. You know what I mean? It's not good versus evil. And everybody wants the very easy, obvious, oh, punk is bad. The elite are bad. Punk is good. The elite are good. You know, it's like people want that neat, nice, tidy package. And it's just not that. There's been a little bit more give and take. There's been a little bit more of, 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 you know, a gray area for both, you know, parties involved in this it's not it's not good versus evil it's not you know what i mean like it, it, it's it's just not yeah. i know that it'd be a lot easier if it was it'd be a lot easier if everybody 100 percent could agree all right punk is in the wrong and everybody hates him but it's just not that's not the case and you, you've you've kind of pushed back against that uh for months now where everybody thinks that all the yeah. locker room hates cm punk and all of them side with the elite when it's like eh, you know there's there's camps there's obviously people that side with both sides but like you said the the great majority is just like eh, i don't know go to work you know <laughs> like <laughs> whatever let's wrestle you know tight the you know put those boots on you know, re, you know it, it, just let's let's do this let's let, let's make some money let's let's wrestle let's you know where most of them just don't really care that much or don't even if they do care they don't have a, a strict well i am on you know this side and oh i am on like we said there's not this line in this very obvious line in the sand and every roster member has to decide which one they're on it's just not the case and i think that's similar with a lot of this stuff that you're talking about with the legalities and and and, and signing paperwork depending on which side you're on you will read you know legal paperwork as ah tony is making cm punk sign these so that he's not you know doesn't do this this or this or oh cm punk is being an asshole so they had he you know now tony Khan has to respond by sending the legal it's just you know what i mean it's like people want to just take it in whatever direction they want to take it in when it's just yeah sometimes it's just formality stuff that has to happen but that's not sexy that's not sexy to say ah these things happen you you know that that you you know it needs to be salacious i mean there's undoubtedly camps and the biggest camp of all is the the largest group of people that the my impression is the largest group of people in that locker room are people who either see this as none of their business and truly don't care and are completely neutral or they have opinions, but they just aren't going to share them. And from that standpoint, they just want to be told, okay, when am I coming to work? Who am I wrestling? Am I getting a push? 
all the things that wrestlers worry right. about. I want to push. Right? I want to be in the main event. That's <laughs> what ninety five percent of them want is a push and to be in the main event and win the top titles. Yeah, and, and that's not to suggest. Look, there's people back there with punk fatigue, okay, and there's people back in in that locker room who, who want nothing to do with CM Punk, namely the the Young Bucks. They want nothing to do with CM Punk to the point they refuse to communicate with him, and. You know, when he tried to communicate with them, they he was told he was they didn't answer back. Their lawyers did. They don't want nothing to do with the guy. And you can understand where they're coming from. For sure. For sure. And, yeah, some people okay. might take that as ah, the young bucks are being babies. But it's like, ah, you know, you read the, the, well, the, the guy, the guy yeah. beat the guy beat the shit out of them. I mean, <laughs> right, what, what, right. they don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> right. They, I, uh, you know, the, the guy said, knock on my door if you have a problem with me after he told them they couldn't manage a target or whatever. So they knocked on his door and, and then, you know. A fight and ensued. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I get it. You know, no, no, no. his friend no, bit one of their friends. Ha- we don't know They're... what happened. Yeah, we don't know what happened in that room. But everyone seems to agree that the punk side attacked. Right. What we I know mean, that... is that punks, you know, went on his diatribe in at the press conference. Said my door is always open. The young buck said, oh, "All right, well, doors open. Let's see what we can do here." And then, well, something happened. And 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 yeah, it, it's so I get. I mean, because I, I, a lot of people, I think then. You know, you were you, you talked about that in your your timeline about you know the, the 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 punk camp or punk himself has been trying to reach out, and the Bucks are just like, nah, man, we're good. You know, we don't we don't want any of that. And that people are saying, oh, now the Bucks are the man babies, and it's like, no, I mean, they are well in their right to say, nah, we're good, man. We don't really want to yeah, talk to you. you know, <laughs> like, I, I want to address that because a lot of people then said that I was kind of now I'm being like a mouthpiece for punk. <laughs> You're in the punk camp. Punk. Are you in the punk camp? But, but but the, the the whole thing about that is I can totally understand where the bucks are coming from, but I have to tell you if you want me to tell you what's happening, I'm just going to tell you what's really happening. That's what's really happening. I, I get totally get where the bucks are coming from, and maybe I wasn't strong enough in this in the in the uh, no Joe, solo it's a, audio <laughs> Joe, people are going to find the way. No, you're right. They're going to find right. a thing. Harp in, a, and then ah yes, Joe is now with the punk camp. You know what I mean? It's like it's always this. It's a black white battle, good evil. You can't, you know, there's no shades of gray in yeah. this for a lot of people. And it's just no, just come on, be an adult. It's fine, you know. It, it's and and you know one of the other things too. And I don't know if you were going to get to this, but but it, it just kind of sprung to my mind uh, now is yeah. a lot of people saying, oh, you know, because you were talking about how oh. Joe's in the punk camp now. Joe's so you know pro punk or whatever, and and like you said that there's been there's been concessions given on on, on both ends, and it's not just punk you know oh, yeah. bending Tony over the uh, uh, over a barrel and and Tony being like all right yeah 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 we'll do whatever you want we'll do whatever you want as long as you come back to work or whatever. There's also and you and you pointed this out and I think you you, you try to address this too that like this is also still a guy that 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 fucked up whatever plan Warner Brothers had on their upfronts to announce this guy yes. for the show. The day of the, yeah. the announcement. So let me hey. make that clear. Let me make that clear. That was all punk. Yes. Because he didn't want to be he didn't want to be advertised for what he's telling people, kayfabe reasons, where he doesn't want people to know yet that he's gonna be in Chicago. So yes, the the embarrassing situation with the upfronts was, you know. That that's punk. That's the black cloud. But anyway, keep going. But but just so just because like you know you, people are like oh you know you're given such a pro punk side of this too, and it's like no that's a that's not a pro punk thing. Like punk being uh, you know particular enough about this to say hey you got to take me out of all that stuff. I don't want to be announced or whatever. That's a pretty big deal. You know what I mean? Like that 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 caused I'm sure some 
you know, and we talked about it last week, Warner Brothers, uh, you know, kind of being like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. All right, fine. You know, and then having to go in and change the press release and change some graphics and change this and change that. Like, that was annoying. But that, you know, it, it's like, so it's not 100% Punk saying, hey, Tony, I'll do whatever you want, man, as long as I come back to work. Like, you know, he's not as innocent in this because he's still CM Punk. You know, <laughs> He's still going to do stuff. He's still going to be in a pain in the ass or whatever. So I saw some people saying, oh, well, you know, Joe's got such a rosy picture of, of Punk here. But then you listen to Dave and Brian and they're saying, oh, Punk's hard to work with and he's being difficult or whatever. He's, and it's hard to it's work both. with. It's both. It's both. It's it can be this man is not an evil conniving, you know, guy you know, petting his cat saying, ha, 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 what can I do to Tony now? But also he can be a pain in the ass at the same time. Like it's it, you can be both. He can be say he can say I want to come back to work. I, I whatever you want me to do, I'm, I'm down. Or you know, let, let's let's get this thing back on track so I can come wrestle. And he can still also be a pain in the ass because he's CM Punk. So of course that's still going to be a part of it. So yeah, I just wanted to address that because I know uh, again, it, 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 good evil, black white. It has to be that all the time. But it's like yeah, you, he is still CM Punk. He still had the A Steel thing happen on Tuesday. You know that it got resolved quickly, like you said. But that still happened. The upfront thing still happened. Some things are gonna happen. It's like we we know the clock. The clock is is is, is started. We're seven days in without a, 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 a you know a Mount Brooks eruption, so that's good. But you know it's gonna hit a point where it's gonna erupt, and then we'll go okay, reset the clock. Like that's going to happen. So yeah, I, I just wanted again for people not to think that it's like whatever you were hearing was like, oh, the punk camp is telling Joe that CM Punk's the, the you know, just the perfect, you know, model citizen here and doing whatever. It's it's not that. It's not because he's still a pain in the ass because he's still CM Punk. And that's fine, you know, like, because that's, the, but yeah, it's just, it's it's not as easy. You can't just put this in a tight, easy, good, bad, black, white thing. It has, it, there's going to be multitudes. There's going to be shades of gray. All these things exist, especially with that. And it's going to continue to go like this. Probably forever because this is CM Punk. It, it's never gonna be perfect with Punk. It's just never gonna be. Yeah, perfect. no, it, it isn't. No, it's the Black Cloud that we talk about. Right, and, and the Bucks. I don't think they're ever gonna let that go either. Like you know, it, I, 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 from what I understand, I feel like they're just done with this man. Yeah, and yeah, I get it. And and if that's the case, now look in wrestling, you can truly never say never because then you haven't learned anything. If you're, you know what I mean. But it's like you do get the impression that this is one of those scenarios where they are just done with this human being and finished with him. Um, you know, the, the thing about the other thing is punk fully recognizes that he was out of line at the presser and um, apologized to for it. And in fact, has told people that he has described it as the worst day of his life to, to people. Okay. The presser, the fight, he feels like everyone needs to just get over it. That, punk feels like is just wrestling ah you're gonna you're gonna beat each other up sometimes you're gonna throw some fists and obviously the other side strongly disagrees with that (laughs) uh mindset um so that's kind of like you know that that's another thing too and and you know i i don't know how i feel about that on one hand i i kind of i see where both sides are coming from i mean the the thing about the aw is there's been fights in that locker room that haven't been public that no one has heard about and there's been plenty of them and it just happened that is he's right that that is wrestling that just happens i mean there was that shane strickland ricky starks fight that nobody knew about until shane strickland and ricky starks chose to make it public on uh i think it was a podcast from jericho's boat if i'm not mistaken um it may not have been from the boat but it was a shane strickland podcast or something where those two guys who have long since buried the hatchet 
decided to make that fight public. There's others. There's many. It happens. It's wrestling, and 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 it, it doesn't go public, and you don't hear about it. So on one hand, Punk isn't wrong that, all right, it's just the wrestling business. You know, guys fight sometimes. Let's just all get over it and make money. But on the other hand, from the other side, it's like you said before. This guy challenged them to come see him and work out their problems. They brought the the legal – they brought the AEW uh, legal or HR, however you want to term it, with them. And then by all accounts, they're the ones that got attacked. So you could totally see why they're like, no, fuck this guy. We don't want anything to do with him. We won't work with him. Put him on Saturdays and keep him away from us. This guy's crazy, and I don't want nothing to do with him. So I, I see both. I, I see both sides, and that's that's not me, you know, uh, intentionally trying to play it down the middle. I just legitimately see both sides on that, you know. And and uh, if they don't want to accept an apology from CM Punk, if they don't even want to talk to CM Punk, I don't think that's unreasonable. Does it make all of this messier? and more difficult to untangle. And now you have to have shows on different days of the week where people are <laughs> segregated from one another. I mean, yeah. Yeah, of, of course. course it does. <laughs> That's a but... real pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would want that. You know, everybody would probably be much happier if they got in a room and shook hands and said, all right, let's, let's go make some money. But that doesn't look like that's going to be the case right now. So, all right. What else can we do? Yeah. And I mean, I, and no one has explicitly told me that punk was trying to contact the bucks to, to, he may have been calling them to apologize. I, I, but no one's explicitly told me that. But I do know that he tried to reach out to them, and I'm not, and that's been reported other places. But I, I mean, but they they just don't want anything doing them. You know, um, I do know that he, in his perfect world, he'd just be wrestling on every day of the week and just doing business with everybody and turning all these things into angles and just moving on. But some of the people involved don't want to do that, and you can understand why they wouldn't want to. So. Um, yeah, I mean, um, all throughout this, and I mean, ever since it happened, you know, we and I have been accused of taking one side or the other. And I think that's a good thing that, because that must mean that we're handling this in a fair way. Um, we were pretty hard on punk last week, you know, uh, you know, because again, it just looked like a total mess and it looked like he was at the center of it. Um, and was, he was at the center of it. You know, uh, the Ace Steel stuff. Yeah, last week he was. You know, <laughs> the upfronts and the Ace Steel. Was, the the upfronts and yeah. the Ace Steel. Well, he was last week, yeah. Last Tuesday was a real shitty day for CM Punk and Tony Khan and everyone with the Ace Steel thing blowing up. But uh, the Elite want nothing to do with that man, Ace Steel. And, you know, it, it that just is what it is. And by Wednesday, I, told, I was told Punk and Khan were fine, and they've been fine since then. So um, now – why did Khan slow roll the Chicago announcement? I don't know. Maybe he just wanted assurances in the form of those documents and NDAs before he was officially going to, because he knows that once he says they're going to Chicago, that a lot of people are going to know what that means. Right, right, right. It, back. It, you know, I, I, a lot of people have read into that of like, oh, why, why, why? I, it may have just simply been that that week exhausted him. And he said, you know what? Let me I see what the next seven days. Let me see yeah. what the next seven days have, have. We'll maybe send some legal docs over. We'll we'll sign things. We'll talk a little bit more. You know, because I could understand on Wednesday, given all the stuff that happened that week and that day or whatever, I could actually see being like, ah, oh, jeez, I, I wouldn't be confident. You know, maybe maybe you had a good conversation on Wednesday with the guy, but given you know what had happened the the, the prior day, 
in a seven days, it's not maybe. A, and look what happened. Nothing. You know, nothing happened in the last seven days. And now maybe everybody feels a little bit more confident to say, okay, let's let's announce this now. Because once we announce this, yes, the cat's out of the bag. You're doing it. You're selling tickets to the show. Everybody knows what you're selling tickets to. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, we all, we all know what's going on now. And I could see on last Wednesday not really necessarily thinking that you were fully confident enough to do that yet. Whereas seven days without an interruption on, on Mount Brooks or whatever. And now it's like, okay, you know. I feel a little bit better now. Let's do it. You know, so I, I I absolutely, totally, totally see that. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that's some of the stuff that we weren't, uh, you know, last, you know, last week with, you know, the benefit of seven more days and some more information coming out and all that. And, uh, like you said, it's in, it's in more detail on the, on the, on the review. I forget what I titled it. What I said, the the punk timeline, the punk timeline like that. Yeah. Nice and simple. The punk timeline. So, um, you know, it's there. If people want to do 40 more minutes of this, uh, a lot, you know, I know a lot of listeners have the punk fatigue. I mean, it, it can be exhausting, you know, and I, I, and there's definitely people in that company who have it. And there's people who just want nothing to do with punk. And there's a small contingent of people who don't like the, the bucks specifically, uh, maybe not necessarily the elite there's, and then, you know, there's, you know, a large group of people who are just, you know, completely agnostic and just want to come to work. So, um, you know, here we go. And, and, you know, a byproduct of that is going to be the unfortunate people who truly don't have a dog in the fight who get booked on either Wednesdays or Saturdays and then get labeled a punk guy or an elite guy by the crazy fans that are on the opposite ends of the, of the spectrum, you know, and I feel bad for those people. Cause it's like, you know, sky blue or whoever ends up being on Saturdays and then, you know, the elite fans or the opposite, you know, where it's like, um, you know, someone ends up working Wednesdays action Andretti or something. And then the, 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 the crazy punk fans were like, Oh, he must be an elite guy. You know, it's like, these are just people that want to earn a living. You know, I think for the most part, we understand who the, you know, who the people are, who um, are firmly on one side or the other. And it's, it's really not as many as people think. I mean, it, it really isn't. I mean, is it any secret that, that FTR bald is is is, it, is firmly <laughs> entrenched in the punk really? camp. Really? You, you know? sure? Is it is it any secret that Brandon Cutler <laughs> tends to side with the elite? Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's like you know, and then there's you know, it's like, and then there's people who who may get get along with CM Punk, but they don't have anything against the elite necessarily, and 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 you know, and it's just, I think that's one unintended consequence. Of sort of if they go through with this roster split, which based on Tony Khan's media call today, it's happening because he didn't want to talk about it. And, you know, he didn't deny it. He just refused to discuss it. He has he's attempting to trademark the transfer portal. I mean, we see what's happening here. Okay, I think this is going to be a firmer, harder. Don't clip that roster split than anybody uh, even may have thought previously, just based on, you know, putting clues together. So. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of this internal culture war among the fans. And I think some of the wrestlers might get caught in the crossfire to some degree, but that's wrestling fans. You know, it's, it's how they've always been. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I kind of feel bad for some of the talent that that might happen to, but, um, I don't know anything else on punk. Nah. I got questions, comments. No, just uh, (laughs) it's it's happening, and that's that's good. Uh, I'm glad it's going to make you know. I I think it's going to make things a little bit more excited, and and 
as of you know today or, and yesterday, he seems like he. I mean, he posted a, a photo of him on Instagram. He hasn't fully logged off and gotten to work like I instructed him to do last week. But he's it seems like he's going to work. I don't know if he's fully logged off, but uh, I posted a photo of him listening to Rancid's song "Collision Course." So uh, yeah, another wink. Who wink. did that? Punk. Punk did that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, listen. If anyone didn't think Punk was, I was gonna say all in, but that's like. You know, it's like no pun intended or whatever. As soon as he put out that Instagram post where he was talking about, oh, I have a wedding anniversary to get ready for in June. Like he's telling you he's coming back. You know what I mean? Like he, it, it, it's it, it. This isn't subtle, okay? And and again, he never intended not to come back. He he wants back. That's the thing. I, I don't know who needs to hear this or if there's people who think that like Tony Khan is on his hands and knees begging this guy to come back. This guy wants to come back. You know, and and. I, I maybe we take for granted that people know that, right? But maybe they don't. You know, it, it's he's wanted to come back the whole way, and there's certain things that, you know, he had to make some concessions and he had to take some L's in order to do so. You know, and 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 here we are, and now it appears the stage is set. Collision so. course. We're on the collision course for collision. Which, uh, by the way, tickets did go on sale today for the uh, United Center. The the first date, obviously Saturday. Uh, June 17th uh, at the United Center in Chicago. Now, as far as what's going on with the ticket sales, a little weird. So WrestleTix, who, who, who obviously does a fantastic job uh, keeping up with ticket sales and and and, and covering it uh, at WrestleTix uh, on Twitter. Also, uh, I believe, uh, patreon.com slash WrestleTix as well. Um, initially, when the seat map came out, you know, a lot of, a lot of the work that WrestleTix does is, is, is through, you know, the Ticketmaster seat maps and whatnot. Uh, seat maps came out. You had a huge huge you know area in the upper deck you had looked like you know the hard cam side they weren't selling any tickets the uh, entrance way area they weren't selling any tickets they basically wanted to do you know against the hard cam around you know that basically you know not necessarily half the arena but maybe just a little under half the arena uh, available for sale and then it looked like a lot of tickets got sold in that 200 level uh and the and the 100 level and then a few hours later the upper deck tickets were not available anymore so there was a ton of upper deck tickets available then they weren't and then there were more tickets available on the 200 level so it looks like they were kind of playing around with this a little bit i don't know if we're going to have full ideas of what exactly happened with the united center ticket sales just yet it might take a few more days and as of this recording on, on the 25th we don't know i mean it didn't look like tickets yeah it it it, it, it it looks like ticket sales were healthy, but as far as like how healthy, we don't know because it looks like they were kind of playing around with what sections to be available, what sections we're going to put up on these pre-sales, what sections we're going to let people buy. Because like right now, you go on there and you can't buy any upper deck tickets. Where when that first went on sale, you could buy upper deck tickets. So I don't know the the, the United Center thing. I thought we'd have a little bit more clarity as of this recording. Right now, we really don't as of, as as of us going live right now. So uh, I don't know. It's hard to say with the with the United Center. Did did you get a read on anything going on with the United Center sales or? or... Yeah, I think they sold. I think they sold over four thousand tickets or something, and that's all Punk and people assuming Punk is going to be there. And I'm not even really when when they announce CM Punk on TV and it's official official, that building's going to sell out. I don't have any doubt. Uh, I'd be very surprised if it didn't. Um, and if it doesn't, then in Chicago of all places, returning after all this controversy and after nine, ten, however many months it's been. Um, then maybe there is deeper punk fatigue among the fan base than people suspect. I can tell you this. Everybody expects him to get mixed reactions at best when he returns. Yeah. E even possibly in Chicago where they think he'll get cheered. 
but mm, there's going to be contingents. Yeah. I, of I was at a fans. show. I was at a show. I was at that show around you know Thanksgiving, and and you know it was the elite were there, and they got you know if you watch all access, the idea is like a hundred percent of the crowd was booing the elite and and right, booing the young right. bucks. That was not the case at all. I mean, there there yeah. were there more people booing the young bucks probably, but it was I don't know. I not it wasn't fifty fifty, but I don't know, maybe closer to to sixty forty in terms of people, you know, yeah. booing the Bucks to 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 cheering the Bucks. I mean, it was yeah, and and in Chicago there was there was a guy next to me that was like, whoa, unbelievable! I didn't think anybody would you know boo CM Punk uh, in Chicago. I, I, a lot of people were pretty surprised by that. So yeah, I, I think anybody that thinks he's going to come out to a hundred percent heroes welcome, I think they're going to be surprised. But I don't think it's going to be a hundred percent boos either. It's going to be it's going to be mixed for sure. And they know that. And in some of the other cities, he's going to get booed out of the buildings. He's going to go heel, and he's going to go heel very quickly. Okay, that because they understand, and he understands. Everybody involved understands how he's going to be reacted to. I mean, it's all elite wrestling. Okay, there's a lot of elite fans, and they're 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 rabid. And this guy's an enemy for life, you know. So, and there's a lot of people with the punk fatigue, and a lot of people who you know. see him as the the uh the bad guy in this entire scenario and rightfully so when you behave that way at the presser and 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 everything else and um you know so he'll he'll very quickly if not immediately be presented as heelish if not a full-on heel <coughs> on television you jinxed me by the way when you talked about my i know i feel bad gone you've coughed like three times already this show sorry i apologize it was gone for months and then you talked about it last week, and now here we go. And, um, yeah, so, you know, they're aware of that. But the, the other collision tickets are uh, advances are awful. And I think some of that is – I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think, number one, we take it for granted that everybody's kind of locked into this stuff. People don't know what the fuck collision is, especially, you know, maybe some of these places like Regina fucking Canada. Um once people, I think, realize what it is and they see that CM Punk is back and that he's the centerpiece of the show and that a couple of these air and they see that it's not, you know, a rampage redo where you're getting what amounts to a B or C show, I think those tickets will go. Um, it's obviously concerning that the advances are so poor pretty much everywhere. Um but again, I think that's just maybe people don't understand what they're getting into or what this is going to be or, or who's going to be there. And uh, when they get some clarity on that, because really a lot of these advances mirror when Rampage is on a standalone night is what it looks like to me. Um, and in some cases, even a little worse. Uh, and, you, you know, you can't blame AEW fans for feeling that way, because as we've talked about a million times, other than Dynamite, any uh, any new venture or show that they've rolled out has quickly or in some cases, not so quickly. In the case of Rampage, that was more of a slow erosion, have turned into something that doesn't feel meaningful. So, I mean, that's a self-fulfilled prophecy, honestly. I mean, if if people don't trust that Collision is going to be a big deal until you prove it to them, you know, I, I yeah, that, that's... We were told Battle of the Belts was going to be a big deal, and yeah. Rampage was not going to be a B, a B show, and... And you go right down the line, and, and Dark Elevation is going to be this new, uh, I've got a, this great concept for Dark, and then it was, and then it wasn't within a month. It, that was over. And, Ring of Honor. You know, so, <laughs> Ring of Honor. We're looking at it right yeah, now. Ring of it's, Honor yeah, has 19 matches tonight, Rich. And look, 
I understand. It feels like that. too many, Joe. I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and that seems like too many matches for me personally. But You know, I understand that they're emptying the can from the Universal tapings because they want to get right to the Vegas tapings uh, next week. I understand that. And Khan even said that on the presser. I, I believe he even explained that, look, we've got 19 matches because we're burning everything off that we taped in Universal. First of all, that's poor planning, isn't it? <laughs> right. I mean, like that's beside the point, right? Like it shouldn't have come to this, but I understand. Okay. You want to burn off all those matches. You have the luxury of airing this stuff on your own service to where you're not beholden to commercials or set uh, 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 time frames or anything like that. And you, you know, so you have this luxury of being able to, if, okay, if we want to burn everything off in one shot and do 19 matches in one night, we can do that. Khan himself said on the presser, look, this is longer than I'd like it to be, but we want to get to the stuff that we're filming in Vegas next week. I understand that. But even with that said, when you look at these 19 matches, so many of them are pointless. And that's the problem with Ring of Honor. They had a great week last week, maybe the best week of Ring of Honor that, there, that there's been to this point, right? They come back this week with this, what really is two shows mashed together. But even if they were two... Separate shows, number one, it's still too many matches. You don't need nine, ten matches on these things. They don't need to be two, over two hours or whatever. And number two, Elias' matches are pointless. We don't need all these matches with enhancement talent. And the vast majority of these 19, that's what they are. When you look at these 19 matches, how many of them are matches that you can look at and truthfully say to yourself, that's a coin flip. I don't know who's going to win. Two or three of them, maybe, if you're being generous. I, I don't need the enhancement crew coming in. These lower mid-carders that you have can just wrestle each other. The matches are more compelling anyway. It, it's not the end of the world if, uh, if, if, um, if Kira Hogan takes a loss. I mean, what are we doing here? Okay, we don't need all these matches. We don't need all these enhancement matches. We don't need these little five-minute matches where we're putting over all the lower mid-carders. Let them beat each other. But that's neither here nor there. But again, your, your point, you know, look at Ring of Honor. You know, and that's another example. So... I get it if there's hesitancy to jump all over these collision tickets before people see what it's going to be. With that said, I think that when people do see what collision is, because you know they're going to come out of the gate strong with it. They came out of the gate strong with Rampage. They're, they're going to come out of the gate strong with collision. I'm going to keep it at arm's length because you have to based on history. But it's going to look like a big deal and a huge show. It's going to have a bunch of huge angles. I've, I've, I've been told some of the pitches that have been going around and they've got some wild stuff planned. Although it's not all going to happen. I'm sure some of it will uh, hard resets on a lot of the characters and gimmicks that I've, that I've heard kicked around. And I'm sure again, they're not all going to happen, but some of them will. So it's going to feel like a exciting show. That's a big deal. That has the biggest star in the company. And at that point, I do think in a lot of these cities, the ticket sales are going to immediately show um, improvement at that point. That's my that's what my gut is telling me. What do you think? Yeah, so so I, I tend to agree a little bit, but I, I, I do know, and I don't know if you read uh, Griffin Peltier, who, who wrote a, a great piece for us at uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com uh, all about you know the, this this Canadian tour, especially the Canadian swings uh, of this tour, and looking at you know ticket prices and and just a lot of stuff that that also probably plays into why these things aren't really selling as well. And I think this is a big reason why a lot of AEW in general, not, not just as Canada swing, but a lot of the, the recent, you know, over the last, 
I don't know, last six, seven months or whatever, it seems like ticket sales in AEW have slowed a little bit because when you look at the raw numbers and you look at tickets available and tickets sold and all that sort of stuff, you look and you're like, ah, it's kind of, this is not exactly, because they were selling out buildings. I mean, they, they they were left and right selling these things out and, and, and doing really good numbers and overall numbers and and people looking at, oh man, are they slowing down? Are they getting, you know, whatever the reason may be, but a lot of that was, and, and, and a lot of people noticed it too, that the ticket prices increased a lot over the last couple of years. Now, was that just, you know, over the last year or so in particular, now, was that just AEW deciding, ah, you know what, let's, you know, let, let's get more, more dollars per head. Yeah. Maybe the buildings will have a little bit of, you know, some sections here and there that aren't full, but we're going to get more dollars per head or whatever, or, you know, costs have risen. So to get back to, you know, the, the, you know, into the black, we're going to have to, you know, Raise these. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the reasons. I don't know exactly the reasons. But it's been pretty noticeable that ticket prices for AEW have gone up a little bit. And and I don't know if that's a hundred percent the reason why ticket sales have stalled a little bit. I think a multitude of reasons. You know, no punk and 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 you know a messy fall uh, and a messy spring. Uh, you know, have, have maybe caused that as well. But no, it's it's these particular shows in Canada. And like I said, Griffin did a really good job of breaking it down. Of of it might not simply be that collision is just kind of this mystery to a lot of people still, which is absolutely true. It absolutely is. If you're not in this thing day in and day out, you have no earthly idea what collision is. And he even brought up a good point too, that if you're in Canada, you don't even know how to watch collision yet. There's been no announcement of how you're going to be able to watch collision. So you're, you're being sold this show. You don't know what the hell this thing is like. And, and before Wednesday, you didn't really know if Punk was ever going to be on these shows. They, they when they released, you know, the upfronts and and they said, hey, this new show is happening. Who were the names? It was it was Andrade, Powerhouse Hobbs, Miro, like Thunder Rosa. It wasn't exactly a murderer's row of people that I was like, oh man, Miro's going to be there. I got to buy my tickets. So I think all these things kind of play into it. And I, I, I'm with you that I think that maybe. It'll be better to look at these numbers in a couple of weeks. It might be better to see what these numbers are after the Punk show. But with that said, you know they got they're going to Scotiabank Arena uh, on on June twenty fourth, and as of right now, they've sold one thousand six hundred eighty three tickets. So there's one thousand seven hundred sixty two available. So the, uh, less than fifty percent of the tickets have been sold. Also, the current setup is only three thousand four hundred forty five people for Scotiabank Arena, Giant Basketball Arena, Giant Hockey Arena kind of interesting you know that they they even haven't opened up a ton of tickets for that show you go back oh, man, then yeah. on uh the next week they're doing a thursday taping already you know two two weeks in they're doing a thursday show uh for collision thursday june 29th uh from the first ontario center in uh in hamilton that one the current setup is 3083 they've sold 646 tickets to that there are still 2437 available that's uh, from Russell Ticks, the data that's available publicly right now uh, on the 25th, by the way. So that they've sold 646 tickets. They still have 2,437 left to go for a pretty small setup of just, you know, 3,083. Uh, and then you go to July 8th where they're in Regina, Regina, Saskatchewan, Joe. Uh, tickets uh, distributed 1,305. So that one's doing okay. That one's more than 50% sold. Still 985 tickets, but the setup is only 2,290. So again, they're not asking for, you know, a, a, the, the, we're not putting 10,000 people in these arenas. We're selling thousands of tickets, 600 tickets, 1,000 tickets. And then you have uh, Saturday, July 22nd, Prudential Center in Newark. So now you're in America again. And that one's doing pretty good. You know, that one has sold 3,731 
tickets, and there's still 1,105 available for the, the setup of 4,836. So that one's not too bad. That one's pretty okay, and that might speak to a lot of what Griffin's saying where you know the prices in Canada are a little bit extreme, and people in Canada are just like, I don't really know what this thing is or why we have to care about this. But I don't know. It's Those, those numbers – aren't good, but it's also a, a could be a factor of a lot of different things that might be corrected over the next couple of weeks. And, and it'll be interesting to see when the shows actually arrive, what those crowds look like and what the buildings look like and, 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 and just the energy of collision too. I think that's to me, one of the biggest questions that I have about this collision. And we talked about it a little bit last week. If you're looking for where the potential, you know, Mount Brooks eruption can come. Does this guy want to be on a show that might get 400,000 viewers and, and, and be in an arena that's got 2,000 people in it in Hamilton, Ontario? Because that's not I an mean, unrealistic possibility, both of those things playing out. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fair question. I don't know. Yeah, like, is is he just like, hey, whatever happens, I'm just here to go to work? Because Collision's going to have weeks, and, and, and that initial week, that Chicago week, is going to do well. We all know it's going to do well, just like the Rampage did. It's going to do well, and it's going to cause a lot of bad faith, you know, discussions about Collision ratings f- moving forward for the rest. Rampage, it, it, it just stopped, like, six months ago, the annoying com- conversations about Rampage. But for a year straight, people kept looking at that one number and going, oh, my God, they started here, and now look at them. They're all the way down here, whatever, when all of us knew that, well, yeah, it's not exactly, I mean, okay, fine, but whatever. This collision thing is, I think, going to be somewhat similar, but I, I really, that that's, to me, the biggest thing is, like, you sort of said there, will it remain a, quote-unquote, A show? Will it remain an important show? It, it, it fills in now... You know, Rampage, Tony would, would fight back when you said it was a B show. Okay, it's 1A and, and you know, whatever. It's A and, and and 1A. Okay, fine. Sure. Whatever. You know, like with, with Rampage. And we all knew it was a B show, and then it ended up being a B show. Collision, I, you can't really – I mean, I, I think if Punk is going to be there and that's going to be his show, quote-unquote, the thing's got to feel important for a long time, right? It's got to be important. It needs to be important, and it needs to, I think, you know – draw well it needs to sell good tickets because then there could be a big issue with punk you know i i don't know i don't know if it's people looking at punk and saying oh geez th- all this work for this <laughs> like all this work and all well, this rigmarole for this guy and this is what what we have is three hundred thousand viewers and you know we're selling a thousand tickets to these little arenas you know i i don't know i don't know i i think i i still remain bullish on cm punk being a ticket mover um but maybe the company isn't. I mean, they've got Prudential Center set up for under five thousand fans. That's, That's what I'm saying. Those setups are are strange to me. I, I... fucking hockey arena. Yeah. I mean, um, but you know, forget punk. Set punk aside. What about Tony Khan? Is Tony Khan going to remain interested and energetic about a show that's doing a fraction of the viewership at Dynamite? Because he certainly didn't remain interested and energetic about Rampage. And you know, so there's there's that factor as well. Now we all know it's going to be a ton of effort at the start. Um, he alluded to Brian Danielson on the media call today, and um, I think there's already been a public report somewhere that Danielson's going to be heavily involved in the collision um, uh, booking or creative or whatever you want to call it. Um, but that was something else I was told during the course of the week. In fact, I, I I think it was Fightful that put that out there, if I'm not mistaken. I, I do think that's out there. If not, I just put it out there. Um, so you know there's going to be a lot of effort 
at first, but again, we've seen this, we've all seen this movie before and you make a good point. Um, you know, if, if it's just a show that a couple hundred thousand people are watching, you know, forget punk does in the punk's kind of stuck because he can't go to Wednesday. Right. <laughs> right. He doesn't really have a choice, but Tony Khan can lose interest the way that he has lost interest in other shows before the way that Vince McMahon has always historically lost interest in shows that aren't Monday night raw or, or, or SmackDown. So these are all fair questions. I mean, I don't know. And it's going to be challenging going up against college football. It's going to be challenging going up against the NFL mm-hmm. late in the NFL season when they have Saturday games. I mean, you're just going to get slaughtered yeah. against the NFL. NBA starts um, to throw once, once college football and, and, and the NFL end. The NBA then starts putting marquee games on Saturday nights too. Once once football gets out of the way, the NBA says, "Okay, cool. Now we can go on Saturdays again." I mean, people people try on Saturdays. There's a lot of good primetime sports television on Saturdays, and, and now they're adding to that, which I is a wor- for for Warner. If you're Warner, you're probably thinking, "Hey, you know what? If we can get three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand people to watch, fine. You know that that's okay. That that's good for us. But internally, well, yeah, is that good a, for them? Well, the thing is, exa- well, here's the thing. I would love to have asked that question today and I was prepared to, but you've got to get called on in order to ask the mm, question. Wow. But I'd like to know, <laughs> did you have a question about the, Willow Nightingale instead? Cause that, that might've gotten you on. Well, I mean the Willow Nightingale, that's funny because the Willow Nightingale questions clearly agitated Tony Khan to the point where I felt he got a little defensive about well, not, not a little. Idea. <laughs> he got very defensive. I don't know if a little yeah, the audio, the audio is there. Uh, if you want to listen to it, but, he he decided because I think he is sort of felt he had to fight back the idea that New Japan Pro Wrestling is pushing her and he's not pushing her in his in her own home promotion. And um, there was a lot of defensiveness there and a lot of, well, it was my idea to send her there. And, and, and I'm the one who pitched her to Rocky and Gato. And I'm the one who and, and I'm glad, you know, because I do have plans for her. And there was a seemed to be a lot of defensiveness there. And I, I guess you picked up on it, too. So, um no, I wouldn't have had the 19th different Willow Nightingale question. I'm glad people are excited about Willow Nightingale because she's clearly a rising star. But, geez, we don't need 19 Willow Nightingale questions. <laughs> right, maybe ask for... about Warner Brother expectations for their brand new show. And and and, and, and what the know. rating expectation is. Right, and, right. And, yeah, you know, you know put the, or, you know, and, 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 you know, I totally get it and I do understand, but. It is a little weird that the name CM Punk was not said once on that entire <laughs> media call by any person on it. Either either Tony Khan, Jim Woodcock, any of the media members. Now get now from from a media standpoint, I'm going to be completely honest with our listeners, okay? I didn't get called on again. Um but I wasn't going to I didn't have my usual question loaded in the chamber of does CM Punk have an ownership stake or any points in any facet of the business? I was going to ask that because I think like a lot of the other media people, we all know that any question involving CM Punk until CM Punk is announced officially on television is going to be met with. I can't comment on that with no further elaboration. And do you really want to burn your only question on not just a non-answer, as we've talked about, non-answers can be answers, but that non-answer, the CM Punk non-answers are truly non-answers. They're just nothing because he refuses to speak about the man. Now, when he's back on TV, he's going to have to talk. He can't give you that anymore. So even my thought process was, well, I got to come up with another question if I get called on. And it was going to be what the ratings expectations were. 
which nobody got around to asking. But, you know, so while it was kind of weird that CM Punk never got brought up, I also kind of get it. Do you really want to burn your shot? Because, Rich, they unmute you. You ask your question. They mute you, and you're done. Right, and, 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 and Woodcock even at the beginning said, you're only going to get one question. We have a lot of people that need to get questions, so ask your question, then you got to go. So Yeah, no follow-ups, no two-parters. You know, it's not like we're in the room with them. It's not like the scrums where you're going to get another crack. Or you can just keep talking. Like if, if you get, you know, if you ask about CM Punk and he says, well, I can't comment on that, you can rephrase it and just yell something else out. You can't do that on these media calls that are set up like a conference call. You get one crack at it and you're done. You're turned off. So on one hand, while it is kind of inexcusable that CM Punk's name was never uttered on this thing, and, and you know, Bill Pritchard of WrestleZone did tap dance around it the best he could. He certain talents. I forget, I forget. He said certain talents or whatever. I forget what the exact phrasing was, but yeah, he, he tried. He tried. He, he almost said CM Punk two or three times and <laughs> caught himself. And, you know, and then eventually asked the question, which was not about punk, but really was directly about punk without being directly about punk. Um, anyway, I forgot what we were talking about. So that's. Uh, well, I, I was just talking about, you know, in, in terms of rate, like internally versus externally. Yeah. Warner right. Brothers is probably like, hey, you know what? 300,000 viewers on Saturday when we were just going to air some stupid rerun of a movie that people have seen a thousand times. That's fine for us. You know what I mean? That's cool. That's fine, especially with the with the news that we did get that it wasn't an extension or any new deal that Collision is just being added onto the previous television deal, which I guess we should uh, touch on here in a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, as well. that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. So Thurston asked about the new TV deal, and we did learn something new. Khan said that it's it, in terms of the uh, length of the deal that hasn't changed. The only thing that changed, the only thing that was negotiated, was the addition of the two-hour collision show, which he said was the suggestion of WBD. They wanted more content and came to AEW asking for more content. Then they sat at the table and figured it out. But the 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 newsworthy part of that, oh, I guess that's newsworthy too. But the 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 other uh nugget out of that quote was that, and I'm not quoting it directly, was that the length of the term hasn't changed. So they're obviously getting more money, okay? Uh, WBD's not going to come to them and say, give us two more hours of content. All right, pay us. No. All right, we'll do it anyway. Like, that's it, they're getting paid for this show. Of course. But we still don't know how much. And and the other question that we still don't have an answer for, and this would be this is why it would be helpful if you could do follow, because I know Brandon would have followed up appropriately. We don't know if they, they ever picked up the option, because there's the option year at the end of this year where, you know, and that question has never been answered. Khan uh, refused to answer that the last time he was asked on a call. And this time it's just, you know, again, that's a perfect example. Brandon Thurston, he's got one shot to ask one question. You got to pick your spot. You can't ask them all, you know, and, 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 you know, unfortunately no one else, you, you would have liked to have seen someone else follow up with more questions about the TV deal, but, but he did. So uh, we were more interested in the third question about Willow Nightingale. It's like, <laughs> right, yeah. and no, no disrespect to Willow Nightingale, no, but when no, one no. person asks, we're done with Willow Nightingale, for God's sake. All right, scratch your Willow Nightingale question. Somebody else already asked about her. <laughs> you come up with your next question, but uh, it is what it is. But yeah, it, it, it's uh, that. That to me is going to be one of the more interesting things to see as, as as Collision gets going. Is you know, 
internally, how happy are they? Internally, how interested are they? And then, you know, how interested is CM Punk in being on a show? That show's going to have to be as a show as you could possibly be. You know what I mean? Like, if, if Punk's going to be a part of that, and you're going to, obviously, he's going to be a top, you know, a tippy-top star, you got to make sure that that thing is is kicking ass. And you got to make sure he feels like it's kicking ass. And it, it feels like, and he feels like he's a part of something interesting. I, I don't think the guy wants to be toiling around, you know, in, in, in 1,000 seat, you know, arenas with 300,000 people watching on Saturdays or whatever with this Island of Misfit Toys. Or I forget what the hell you got, Malcontents or whatever the hell you called it or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, 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 that is what I'm so more interested in and, and so interested in finding out, you know, what's going to happen as that, as that goes on. But we won't know anything until. You know, that first week, throw that first week out. The second week, maybe you'll know. But it's going to be something that, like, in two months' time or a month's time, we'll have a better idea. Okay, here's where where Collision is. Is it going to go down the same course that Rampage went, or is it going to be something completely different? Because it's it's, right now it feels like it's going to be different, but then you look at the ticket sales, you look at some of these things, and it's like, eh, I don't know. People people feel like this is just yet another B-show right now, so far. They do. Uh, you know, and again, I'm I'm not ready. You seem a little more on the ledge than I am about it because I think when they announce Punk, a lot of this stuff will change. I, I And then I, I, I want to reassess the temperature when Punk is official official. Right. That, that That's so I'm going to hold out until then and then get another read. You know, if Punk is official official and Chicago doesn't sell out and. You know, Hamilton, Ontario, you know, is still sitting at a thousand tickets or something. And, you know, it's also possible that some of these towns are just going to do bad houses because that's just what happens. And maybe some of the other ones will do well once Punk is announced. And maybe they'll they'll find out that Hamilton, Ontario just isn't one of their towns. You know, that's entirely possible, too. It's It's weird, like you said, that they're doing this on a Canadian swing. That's weird. It also suggests that maybe all of this did come together kind of late in the game and at the behest of Warner Brothers Discovery. And this just happened to be what the tour schedule looked like. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know any of those things. But, uh, yeah, the, the bottom line, these advances, not good. No. Uh, so there you go. That is Collision and uh, CM Punk. So, again, Russell Ticks, uh, thank them for the data uh, on all of that, but uh, let's let's get to you want to preview this AEW Double or Nothing coming up this Sunday. Uh, going to be, I think, a still you know build aside, and we'll we'll touch on the build and 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 in in this preview. But you know, overall build aside, I'm not betting against an AEW pay per view. <laughs> like that's a a bad bet to take. I mean, we always come out of the instant reaction lives, you know, immediately following the shows, and and pretty much every single time, and 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 very frequently we come on and go like, holy crap, what a show that was. And a couple of times we've said, holy crap, that's one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh, I don't think I'm ready to bet on AEW Double or Nothing 2023 to be one of the best shows uh, of all time. But I don't know. I, who knows? I mean, betting against them is 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 not a good idea. And they they very often, more more often than not, have been very, very good. So, yeah, I, I'm not in love with a lot of the build of the matches. And I'm not in love with a lot of the matches as I read them on paper. But... All in all, I think it's still going to be a pretty spectacular show because uh, there's a few matches that stand out as like, okay, yeah, that's going to kick ass. But I don't know. Th- this one is almost more of a mixed bag than than any that I can remember in in, in recent memory, where it's like even on paper, I'm like, ah, there's a few there's a few matches that don't really excite me uh, on paper. Whereas you know some of these we preview and it's like, yeah, I haven't loved the bill, but man, this looks like a great card. I don't know what, what what's your overall temperature on on double or nothing. It's the same. I mean, it doesn't look like a great card on paper, but this is an AEW pay-per-view, and they always land. So why would you ever – you know, I'm not going to be the fool 
that comes on here and rants and raves about how the card doesn't look great and how the build hasn't been great for the vast majority of the matches and how the television went through a rough period during the build to this pay-per-view and tell you that this pay-per-view isn't going to be good. How can, how you cannot, like you said, bet against these AEW shows. I have to see this show shit the bed before I believe that it's going to. So uh, even though I'm not thrilled with the lineup, I could also see how a lot of these matches that I'm not exactly jacked up for could easily end up being pretty great. Like I'll give you an example. I'm not excited about Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole. I'm just not. I have no feelings towards that match at all. Could I see that being great? Of course. Of course. Could I see us ranting and raving how great that was on oh, Sunday night? Oh, of course. Night? Absolutely. On a live instant reaction? You know? That happens with, the same that, that, that has happened with me and Adam Cole for like seven years. Where if I, I Go back and listen to any flagship over the last seven years. I promise you we're previewing an Adam Cole match, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. And then we review it, and I'm like, that was pretty damn good. Because <laughs> that's how Adam Cole, I'm never interested in Adam Cole. But he's almost always pretty damn good. So, yeah, I, I'm positive that match is going to be way better than I think it's going to be or, 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 or way over-deliver to my expectations. I'm, I'm nearly positive of it because, yeah, those guys, you know, especially Adam Cole, I, I tend to do that a lot with Adam Cole. I like him better as a heel. Um, his promo in the contract signing last night didn't do anything for me. I thought it was kind of corny. I think he comes off kind of like a cornball. No, baby for face. sure. Yeah. Um. So he doesn't excite me as a face and you know, Jericho's Jericho. I, you know, I, I don't mind Jericho. Everybody hates Jericho <laughs> seemingly except the fact that he gets monster reactions in every building and all his quarter hours do well. Everybody hates him. Right. Um, but um, you know, on paper, you know, look, it's an unsanctioned match. You're going to do a bunch of wild shit. Sabu is going to be flying around. What the, I don't know what the fuck this is, but it's probably going to end up being something that, exceeds my expectations greatly jericho's not gonna look you put him in this environment where he has free reign and um you know and and cole you know like you said always over delivers you know but but i'm not i wasn't crazy about the build to this thing um and i'm not crazy about cole the babyface the problem is he's probably i get the impression he's gonna win this match and win this feud you know chris jericho always beating everybody (laughs) um of course it's the biggest load of shit in wrestling is that Chris Jericho. The heat vampire. Whatever. The heat vampire Chris um, Jericho. He just, you know, ah, biggest load of young shit baby face. Let me bite him and take all of his heat. Ah. Except he never wins. He never wins. He know. never bites anybody. But other than that, yeah. I would I would argue he doesn't win enough. I would I would genuinely make that argument. That yeah, I don't Chris know Jericho that, doesn't I, I win think enough. I honestly truly don't think he has pushed enough. I don't think he, like you say win enough. I don't think he's pushed enough. I think they could do more with Chris Jericho. Because he has a ton so of cachet, anyway, but yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, go on. He's going to lose again, and I, I feel like Cole is on his way to an MJF feud. So, you know, I think we're going to get more of this babyface Cole, not less. I really thought that they brought back Cole as a babyface because they didn't have a choice because they knew he was going to get cheered for overcoming the concussion and just because Big Star is back. You know, the old thing where you bring him back as a face and then you quickly t- – like what they're probably about to do with CM Punk, basically, is I thought – what they were going to do with Cole, but it looks like this baby face thing is, is a long-term thing for him. So, um, I don't know. Any other thoughts on this match? No, not, not much else. I, I did want to let people know, uh, if you want to order this outside of the United States, make sure you use our, uh, our, our link voices of wrestling.com slash fight. 
Uh, by the way, uh, if you're, again, outside of the United States on Fight, VoicesWrestling.com slash Fight. It's also available, uh, pay-per-view, BR Live, and uh, movie theaters as well. Never never done the, uh, would you ever do a movie theater, would you ever go to a movie theater, Joe, to watch a, a wrestling pay-per-view or no? Because that, I feel I, like I want to, but then I feel like an hour in, I'm going to be like, yeah, I kind of just wish I was at my house instead, so. Nah, I, I watched Kane Velasquez beat Brock Lesnar in UFC at a movie theater. Okay, that and was, did you have a good time? Uh, it was a lot of fun because um, it was, it you know, we could have just ordered it at home, but, you know, I had some friends and we were like, well, let's, they're, they're doing the theater thing. Let's try it, you know? And it was better because it's it's almost like a mini arena experience because right, people are popping circuit. for things. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's it's it was it definitely increased our interest level in the show because it's like it's more interactive because you you're in a crowd you're in a crowd, it's just on a screen instead of actually in front of you. So I mean, if if someone's out there and they're doing this in a theater, I mean, the one experience I had with it was positive. And he gets to eat some popcorn too, which is pretty sweet. So better better snacks than what I have in my house. But uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, let's get to the rest of this uh, Double or Nothing. By the way, we are doing Instant Reaction Live. We'll, we'll plug that a little bit more at the end. But if you're listening to this, yes, Instant Reaction Live coming up immediately following uh, Double or Nothing on Sunday. Uh, $10 tier, flagship patreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. We'll plug that again at the end. So, all right, let's go through the rest of this card here. Um, speaking of matches that I have zero interest in and uh, a match that I don't think, as opposed to Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, which I do think will will over-deliver on my expectations, uh, I already want... This match hasn't started, and I already want it to end. Uh, it is Ethan Page and the Guns versus the Hardys and Hook. But get this, Joe. If the Hardys win, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. Ugh. I can't wait to yeah. figure out what's going to happen with that one. Yeah, I How mean... How are they going to get out of this I, pickle? I have no interest in this story <laughs> having at any point. Now, this is on the buy-in, to be fair. Correct, correct. So, Thank God. I'm going to skip it. You know when you're going to ask me, did you watch the pre-show? If this is on the pre-show, I am not going to watch the pre-show. So, Yeah, I mean, it's hard to have any interest in this. I mean, it's – but again, the Hardys, get used to them because as long as Jeff stays on the straight and narrow and um, – look, I'm not going to make any jokes. I hope he does <laughs> for himself. And for the sake of anybody that has to share a road with him, I mean, I'm not doing a bit. I hope Jeff Hardy is fucking cured. Okay. But as long as he stays on the straight and narrow, you're going to get more Hardy boys too, because I, I don't know. Tony might want to see that plan through where they were going to win the AEW tag team titles, which was the plan before Jeff got derailed again. So um, I don't know. It's a pre-show match. I don't care about it. And um I don't have nothing else to say. I got zero to say about that one. We should we should go back to Cole and, and Jericho. Uh, guest referee slash enforcer, Sabu. Yeah, I talked about Sabu a little. Um, now, look, if Sabu keeps putting pictures of the lines of coke that he's blowing <laughs> on social media, might is not that make real it. or was that, is I, that real, though? I don't know, but it's Sabu, so probably, I don't know. If it's If it's real, and listen, we're doing this show live as that tweet like went out or the Instagram post or whatever. So it might be fabricated or something, but I mean, this guy might blow the shot before. Yeah. You, know, you got three more days before the pay-per-view. This guy, can this guy get there is the question with Sabu. So but, I, I uh, think I, if, if I remember correctly, that's an old photo that's maybe making the rounds again. Okay. Um, so I, it's, a, it's a 
I think it's a meme. I think it's a meme and it's an older photo. But with that said, yeah. like, I mean, did Sabu do, do coke after he appeared on AEW? Very possible. Will Sabu do something before Sunday? Very possible. But, you know, at least in this instance, I feel like I, I, I if I remember correctly, that's an old photo that's making the rounds. So uh, people are trying to cancel Sabu again. You, you cannot cancel, you know, the uncancelable. In, uh, in, in Sabu, so you can't cancel Sabu. Why people are trying to trying cancel to Sabu cancel since nineteen ninety three. People have been trying to cancel Sabu. Not going to happen. Yeah, listen, you can't cancel Sabu. You can't cancel Joe Lanza. Just stop trying. It, it, it's it's impossible. You know, you can't stomp us out. Anyway, what's next here? Yeah, I, I think it'd be a little more confident if uh, Double or Nothing wasn't in Las Vegas that Sabu would make the town, but. It's... Hopefully, there's you know he's got like the Dennis Robin had like that Jack Haley guy that would hang around with him all the time. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Sabu's got one of those guys. <laughs> it's not you know was Rodman's guy Haley or was it Judd Bushler? Uh, no, no, no. Judd Bushler was an actual rotation guy. Yeah, it was Jack Haley. It was Jack, it was Jack Haley. Haley. Yeah, okay. yeah. Jack Haley's the guy who yeah. played like four minutes all season or whatever. He was just yeah. Rodman's. Like, I confused my uh, my white '90s NBA. Yeah, yeah. With come nice on. Haircuts. Yeah, put some respect I, I, on Judd Bushler. Come on. Well, well. Here's the other thing. They were both New Jersey Nets at the same time too. It's very confusing. <laughs> like they they both were Nets at the same time when I was going to Nets games. Oh, was Jack Haley on that Bulls. team? Yeah, Jack Haley played with Judd Bushler with the Nets. Oh, okay, I, okay, I didn't know that. All right, good for him. So, so they they were teammates for two different teams. They're both white dudes. Yeah, that's fair. Come that's on, fair. man. That's fair. You know, understandable. Uh, I'm looking at Jack Haley right now. I guess I could I could bring this up in two hours when we get to it, but I'm not going to because it's going to take way too long until we get there. Um, Jack Haley died on March 16th, 2015 of heart disease at age 51. Funny that he died before Dennis Rodman did, but um, I guess, that's not funny. Why did I say that was funny? That's not uh, <laughs> that's not funny or ironic or anything. That's just got awful. But you gotta uh, be careful because you're cancelable. I'm yeah, not, I, I could still you, be you're taken gonna get canceled, down. right? Yeah. Uh, but here you go to to kind of take things. I guess we're gonna have to also review uh, New Japan Resurgence now immediately on April 16, 2015. A memorial service at the Walter Pyramid in Long Beach was attended by family and friends. Man, well, a I'm funeral mistaken. at Walter Pyramid. I wonder if more people went there than Resurgence. Well, I mean, wasn't Jack Haley from Southern California? Because he was, he went to UCLA. Yes. Yeah, but like UCLA, that's a big memorial service. Yeah, it's a big I building. Mean, <laughs> it's a four thousand seat building. Yeah, you know, I'm from a... Chicago. I don't think four thousand people are going to come see me when I die. So, oh, don't sell yourself short. Yeah. Maybe they will. Sell at the UC. Sell at the UC. I'll tell you what. I'll fly in. We're good. <laughs> so you have assumed that you will. I am die. Well, I am absolutely. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to die before you die. For sure. Why you say that? Well, because of course you will. You're, you you are fine. You pull oh, your back yeah. out. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. You don't do anything. You're fine. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. you know. Uh, you know. Yeah. I'll worry myself to death and you'll just be like, eh. Even though you worry about death constantly, but somehow I, I yeah, I, I, I who don't really worry about my death will die before. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. Well, you 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 mushed my cough. So <laughs> now you've mushed my death. I'm going to get hit by a bus or – well, I'll never be anywhere where there is a bus. I was going to say, happen. where do you go that are, but, their um, buses are there? <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm never standing on the street to be hit by a bus. Like, you know what I mean? Um, or like a meteor will, you know, crash through the roof of my house or something now. And, um, because you, you, I, now I'm a little worried about this because you've been skirting death with your seeing these accidents on the way to work mm-hmm. and you're narrowly avoiding them and you're mushing me at every turn. So, um, you better reverse this karma. Cause I'm, I'm, 
legitimately worried about it now. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the rest of and this. And then you uh, just move on to the next I mean, match. How do, You're I, like, how oh. do I follow that up? How do, what do I? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? I'm sorry. You want me to apologize? I don't know. What's the next match, Rich? Next match is well. Oh boy, uh, this show. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get there, but uh, there's a reason why we're a little cold on this show. Uh, AEW TBS Championship: Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie. I mean, I think this belongs on the pre-show. It does. I you know now look, this is the most uh, low bars to be sure, but this is the most interesting program that jade has been involved in in a long time because she just doesn't do anything interesting i mean she's either in a feud that you know she has absolutely no chance of losing or she's beating red velvet for the 17th time right and it's just rinse repeat um cut the shit tony i mean we've seen it all before it's just it's the same repetitive you know and then and then she has a two-star match at the pay-per-views you know so and Taya Valkyrie stinks. I, I I never thought she was any good, and it still don't. So I'm not looking forward to this. I think it belongs on the pre-show, um, you know. But here we are, and you know, look the, the the first match they had was okay, especially considering who was involved. I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That match wasn't as as bad as I, going in. I thought it was gonna be a dumpster fire, and it it, it wasn't. I'll take. I'll sign up for that right now. I will sign up for the last match they had just with a real finish. I'll take that. I mean, I'm not greedy because I don't think they're capable of going out there and having a good match. Oh, no, I just no, don't. no, no, not those two. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm off on Jade. I'm done. I'm not interested in Jade. Jade is not interesting to me. Um, I, you know, yeah, we need, we need 30. something new. We need something new with Jade. Like you said, we're, we're like a year and a half now into like cut the shit, Tony. Same and then shit. she wins a bad yeah. match. You know, it's like, all right, we got it. Yeah. And you know, it's disappointing that they don't have her on the road working house show matches. She should be working 20-minute matches with Emi Sakura or Serena Deeb or whoever the fuck you pick on all these house shows they do, but she's not doing it. And I, that that shows me that, I, you know, I, I've never heard anything bad about her work ethic, okay? I've only heard good things about her work ethic. So, you know, unless she's saying explicitly that she doesn't want to do the house shows, and the house shows right now are a hands-up kind of thing. It's volunteer, you know, put your hand up, we'll put you on them um, for the most part. And it's like, maybe she's not interested in that. We all know that she doesn't need the money. Um, she has her own money. Her husband is rich, um, you know, so uh, do they not want her to improve or, or have they asked her to do it? And she just doesn't want to do it. I don't know. But working these squash matches on TV, she's never going to get any better. Have they just conceded that, okay, she's hit her ceiling? The development is, you know, there's no more development to be had. And it's just she's going to get by on charisma and star power. For me personally, I, I, it's not enough for me. I'm done with her. I don't find her interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, here's, a, here's a fun little uh, uh, game we could play here. Uh, how many matches has Jade Cargill have in her entire career? If you is could it guess. Under a, it's got to be under 100. It is indeed uh, under 100. The streak is what, 50 or something? It's 56. To show how disconnected I am to the, her story, I don't even know how many. Yeah, what the exactly. I, I couldn't tell you 60. either. I don't care. I mean, you know, so she only has a few before that. So what's she got, like 70 matches or something? She has 61 total matches in her entire career. And how many of those okay. are sub-two-minute 
you know, matches against insert, you know, Diamante or, you know what I mean? Like just insert random local person that's jobber. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, yeah. Local Janai Kai or, or whatever local jobber that, that that's in or whatever for that week. It's like, there, there's a lot of those. So it's like, you know, when you, when you really look at the, like you're, you're saying like, do they just think that this is the ceiling? Like, I don't know that they've even tested that ceiling really. I don't know that they've really truly, and I know that they don't want to do it on TV because they think they're going to expose her, but that's what these house shows are supposed to be for. That's what these different things are for. This is why what's sending her to an indie, sending her somewhere would do is to maybe test those limits a little bit because she's had a few longer matches and, and, you know, it's been kind of a mixed bag. But yeah, by and large, you're talking about most of those 61 matches, 61, that's such a low number. You know, most of those 61 matches are, are nothing, you know, it's her beating. Just nothing. I, yeah, it, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know what to do right once, now. But you're right. I don't care. Time, I guess I don't care anymore. So it's like whatever. There was a time where I was very high on her as a prospect, and look, she legitimately, for a time there, was a quarter hour draw. There's no question. I don't know if that's still the case. I haven't really looked at it recently. But you know, a year ago, what what I said they should do before they were doing house shows was just have her wrestle at every single dynamite in an opening dark match against a good worker and let her go 15, 20 minutes, right? And show the finish on Dynamite and have Excalibur talk over it. Earlier tonight, Jade Cargill extended her winning streak to 57 matches with a win over Emi Sakura and just show the, the finish, right? It, it, but, but it gets her the work. And they could have been doing that for a year now. You know, but I, I don't even see the effort. You know, and I'm sure behind the scenes, she's in the gym with Brian Danielson, you know, uh, working on things. But nothing's going to replace working in front of a crowd and doing it for real. And I, I, I don't know. I just don't see them putting that up. So I get the impression they feel like there's nothing more to be gained from that aspect with her. And it's just she's going to get by on charisma and her look and her star power. And quite honestly... I think she's hit the ceiling there too. I, you know, what do they think she's going to be? She's going to be a significantly bigger star than she is now. How's she going to do that in a work rate company where people want to see great matches? That's the other thing. If she were in WWE, I'd be much higher on her. Right, right, right. You don't need that there. Here, the fans have that expectation. Well, because let's say she loses the title to Taya Valkyrie. Are you saying, all right, here we go now. Jamie Hayter and Jade Cargill, let's see what this is going to be. I mean, that you you couldn't. You couldn't do – you can't do what Tony Storm and, and, and Hayter did a couple of months ago. You can't You can't have that match. Jade's not going to be able to have that type of match. So, yeah, you, there's no, that if, ceiling if of – Yeah, if Jade wrestled – if they did Jade versus Jamie Hayter, we'd all be talking about, oh, my God, can she hang? Right. As opposed how, to, how, oh, baby, Jamie here we go. Wrestle? Like, she's she's moving away from the TBS. She's ready to go. Let's see what can happen here. I mean, nobody would have confidence in that match being anything. We'd all be worried. We'd be like, oh, can Jamie Hayter carry her? Like, that'd be the, the discussion right. point. You know, and that'd be the case with a lot of people on the roster. So, and obviously, Taya should not win this match. Absolutely not. Because whoever does finally end this streak, <laughs> It shouldn't be it Taya Valkyrie. <laughs> no, it's got to be either an established star from outside the company or inside the company that that beats her or someone that you truly believe in that's going to get the rub a younger wrestler that you think like a willow would be perfect willow would be perfect for that for that spot who she's already beat her a million times i think but it's like either sasha banks coming in would be you, you could do it that way or somebody like i think willow would be the best in-house option for a wrestler who you want to elevate 
Taya Valkyrie is neither of those things. Okay, she's not a star and is never going to be a star. And she's not a rising star. Like, she doesn't fit either of those archetypes. So she absolutely should not win. With all of this said, and we buried this very strongly here, this has been at least the first program that Cargill has been in that has a little bit of meat on the bones in a long time. Right. I will say that if you're looking for something positive. Right, and their last match wasn't that bad. So, so that's it wasn't the... a complete abomination. Right. And so that's that... as high as the praise goes. For sure. For sure, for sure. Uh, all right, now let's get to some of the business end of this show. Anarchy in the arena, the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. Uh, Anarchy in the arena last year was one of my favorite matches of the year. Uh, just an incredible, incredible spectacle, an incredible, incredible match. Uh, I'm expecting the exact same thing for this one. I mean, expectations are, are sky high for this. With all the people involved, with the the, the precedent of, of, of the Anarchy in the arena, I think this is going to be spectacular, and God... Thank God it's it's going to help save this show because the, the first three matches we previewed, not not getting the juices flowing. Uh, this match absolutely is. I, I cannot wait for Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. Look, I thought it was very telling that Dynamite last night, they chose to close the show with an angle to, for this match. And they put the pillar four-way go-home stuff in the middle of the show. That, to me, shows that they're acknowledging that they need this match to sell the rest of these tickets. They need this match to drum up interest in the pay-per-view. It sort of usurped the four-way. The four-way had so much television time during the build to this pay-per-view, and it felt like the elite Blackpool Combat Club had a fraction of the time in comparison. And the last couple of weeks, you feel like there's been a stronger emphasis on this match. and. I, that could be a product of we've got these 3,000 tickets that just won't move. And I haven't seen an updated ticket sales for double or nothing in a while. But that's where we were at as of a week ago or a couple of days ago. And um, I thought that it was very telling that they chose to close out the final go home with an angle between these two sides and a John Moxley promo instead of having the four pillars out there to close the show. So, um, you know, and Moxley's promo was was Moxley. You know, he's 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 out there. You know, talking. About, However, you know, bloody, you think this is gonna be? It's gonna be worse. You know, this is gonna be a fucking. It's gonna bath. be great. Gonna be, yeah, it's gonna rule. It, you know, it's gonna be incredible. You know, and and um, you know, the last Anarchy in the Arena obviously was a match of the year contender. And when you look at the people involved, and you know the way you know the the storyline's been a lot of fun, and the elite is back together, and there's a lot of subplots and. You know, is Don Callis going to get involved? Is Takeshita going to make an appearance? There's all these little things. It, it's, you know, it, without question is the match I'm looking forward to the most. For sure. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Um, another match I am looking forward to with a little bit of an asterisk to it is uh, AEW Women's World Championship. Jamie Hayter uh, versus Tony Storm. Jamie Hayter defending her title uh, against Tony Storm. So now what, what's the deal with this Jamie Hader injury thing? I've seen work. I've seen shoot. I've seen it's legit. I've seen it's no, not she's legit. Hurt. She's hurt. She's so he's, she's, she's hurt. legit hurt. Cause I've seen, I, I swear to God, every time I read, it's somebody saying the opposite of, of what I just read before. No, no. So she's not, she's hurt. Someone told me a week ago that she's really hurt. And then today on the media call, somebody asked Tony Khan and he was really testy about it. He was like, well, We've been telling you she's been hurt for weeks on TV and we've been very upfront about it and she's hurt, but uh, she's going to be there. And she's going to wrestle. Yeah, no, she's really hurt, but she's going to make the match. Okay. She's hurt. 
She's got an injury. So um, Tony was very testy on the media call. He, well, he's he was had, not he's his usual. A, a busy couple of weeks, so he's not. He wasn't his usual jovial storytelling self. Okay, he was. Uh, a lot of the answers were short and curt, and had a little bit of sarcasm to him, and um, you know, like the one about uh, Hater that I just thought. So he was. Uh, you know, then when they asked about Battleground going head to head, oh man, he. Uh, you know. <laughs> That's the kind of topic he's usually testy about, though, to be fair. Yeah, but, any, um, anytime you enlist yeah, don't be reference. Yeah, that's when things get a little. Did you notice that he, uh, somebody asked if if Battleground going head-to-head rekindles the rivalry between NXT and AEW? <laughs> I didn't hear that. And did you, did, did you notice that he was able to spit out the exact date that WWE dick tucked and took NXT off of Wednesdays? Wow. Did you know, no, I didn't. He noticed the day. He was like, well, yeah, it was a hot rivalry at first, but then on April 21st, 2021, <laughs> we saw what happened. Wow. And then I was like, holy shit, this guy had the date loaded up in the cannon. And uh, and then he started getting into, you know, I like competition as long as it's ethical. And I'm not saying that it's unethical. To <laughs> but I put that caveat for a reason. Want, but <laughs> right. yeah, but they've been unethical in other ways. And he really kind of lost his composure for the first time on the call when he was asked that question but i thought that was so funny that he had the date ready the date, the date. yeah i don't think i noticed that that's awesome that's incredible you think he's got like a yeah, post-it like, note well, or is that just in his head that's just in his head at this point it, right you know it's in his fucking head he was like yeah there was a rivalry but it ended on april 21st <laughs> 2021 i'm like wow that's fucking that's ruthless that's that that's lands of stuff that's lands of stuff right yeah, there yeah that is lands of, that is beast right there like having the date because he doesn't know he's going to be asked that. So he had that lock. No, he's got That's it. In yeah. his- <laughs> he's got yes. it. Yeah. He knows that like he knows his birthday. He knows that. Like, like his phone number. His fucking, yeah. yeah, his girlfriend's birthday or anniversary. Yeah he, yeah, he got that fucker locked in. Yeah, no, she's a hurt though. And look, she's going to she'll, she'll wrestle here. And, and they had a great. They didn't have a good match last great time. Great match. They they had a great match last time. So this this might be my number two match that I'm looking forward to on the whole show. Yeah, I just hope she's healthy enough to 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 go to at least a certain level. And and, and these are two very smart workers, so I, I have no doubt. But you know, we were talking about last match, the 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 one at uh, at the previous pay per view, and we love that match because they just beat the ever living shit out of each other. And it's like, can you recreate that if one of the parties is you know has to be favoring a part of uh, of, the, of her body or has some sort of injury? That's what I'm a little worried about. And I just hope that she's not so hurt that they have to make this kind of a glorified angle uh, as opposed to just you know a, a legit wrestling match. Hopefully she's she good she's good enough to go. And and obviously we'll all know that you know. And, and you can have a built in story to the match too if you know. It, if and when she loses, uh, and I, I kind of expect. What, what do you think? Do you expect her to lose here, or do you think that she retains? I, I feel like I don't have a hundred percent read on it, but I feel like this might not be a bad opportunity to give Tony the win here and and give a little bit of juice to you know the outcasts. And if Hater is truly hurt, you know she can she can go away for a little bit, and maybe you come back and and run this at all in at Wembley, and you know the quest is her getting this title back at Wembley and then she does it. You know, that that's a cool moment that if I was, I mean, honestly, even if it hurt or not, that's probably how I would book it anyway. Yeah. That's not a bad idea at all. I could, I, I'm listening to that and that sounds good. You know, especially if she's hurt and can't have like a real match. Right. Or even if she can just gut her way through this, you can have her lose the title and then she could go rest up again for a right, few right. Take a little, take some time. And, and I think you want the outcasts also to get a, uh, you know, this is a good, 
you know, feather in their cap as well. You don't want them to become damage control where it's like, all right, <laughs> these guys are kind of geeks or whatever. Like, I, I, I think, yeah, Tony went in. I, I think that's just probably the right, the right move. And it also kind of lets it kind of fulfills Tony's entire thing too, where she said, you know, I was the interim champion. That's her whole grudge is that she was the interim champion or whatever, that, that she got declared and, and stamped as an interim champion. And she didn't think that, that, you know, I, I think that, I think that story just works out better for everybody. And you also have a, a big giant show at Wembley and you got a British, you know, or, you know, woman who can then go and win that title at that. I mean, that to me, that just seems to make all the sense in the world. So I, I don't know that they're going that direction, but that's probably how I would, I, I would book it if I was uh, in charge. But uh, I definitely like that match as well. Probably, my, like you said, second, you know, most anticipated match uh, of the entire night. So then we have the 21 man blackjack battle royal for the AEW International Championship. Now, I think we have all of the names. So give me one moment while I pull them all up. I was oh, waiting. Yeah, you want them all? Here we go. <clears throat> Participants are Orange Cassidy, Ricky Starks, The Butcher, The Blade, Bandito, Commander, Lee Moriarty, Big Bill, Aria Davari, Tony Nese, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Kip Sabian, Ray Phoenix, uh, Penta, Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, Juice Robinson, Keith Lee, Dustin Rhodes, and Jay White. Tugboat, The Barbarian. <laughs> Brian do it, do it in the Vince McMahon voice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Haku. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, rugged Ronnie Garvin. Right? Um, <laughs> um, look, first of all, I, I think this would have been a good fit for the pre-show as well, this battle royal. But maybe they're going to do some big angle out of it. I don't know. There are dropped balls. Okay, and then there's whatever the fuck is happening with Jay White. This is like, this is the Ernest Biner fumble in '87 against the Broncos. This is, you can't have a ball dropped more aggressively than this ball has been dropped with the rollout of Jay White. I mean, this is an utter disgrace. Okay, you you have this horrendously laid out feud with Ricky. Sparks, yeah, what is going giving... on, by the way? What What is this feud? What the fuck are we doing here? Because I thought it was, all, I all... honestly, earnestly was like, all right, because on Dynamite, Ricky Stars goes, yeah, you know, Renee, it's been, you know, I've been caught with these guys and suck with these guys, but I'm ready to refocus. I'm like, ah, there we go. Let's let's put that feud in there. And then, ah, fuckers, there they are again. Stop. Beating... Happened, what are we yeah. doing? Why is he continuing? Just every week, he just gets his ass handed to him by these two dudes. Like, what? Why does any? Why would anybody care about that? Why would anybody go? Oh man, seems like Ricky's got himself in a pickle again. Let's see what next week brings. It's like, what are we doing? Stop. So this. in that brief in that brief second, you're thinking, oh, they got out of this thing without beating either guy because they did the DQ, right? And now we're all just gonna move on and forget that this ever happened. And then there they come. And then he, <laughs> then he gets jumped again, right? Um, you're like, wow, you know what? That's kind of clever. We all know Ricky's a hothead. He would get himself to, oh, wait, there they are again. Yeah, no. <laughs> right. I was like, no, yeah, what? I was ready. I was yeah. like, oh, phew, they finally got themselves out of it. We can move on with, but no, damn it. There they are again. Fuck. What are and we now doing? We're gonna in the fucking battle royal, which I can't even call a geek battle royal because there's like no geeks in it. This is like all pushed guys. No, in the it's battle it's royal. it's weird. Yeah, it's not a geek. Like they they come across like geeks, but none of these guys. I mean, there are geeks in here for sure, but like seventy percent of the match are like pushed guys. It's it's a very it's weird. Yeah, it's not like Serpentico action and <laughs> big <Like it's> Bill. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, it's like. 
there's stars in this thing, you know? It's uh and, and it's just so fucking weird because the Jay White thing has been dropped from the start. A uh, uh, total drop ball. Number one, they put him with the wrong guy. Ricky Starks coming off of beating Chris Jericho and coming off hot off it. Wait, attitude. what did he do? Should not hold on a minute. Did he beat he beat Chris Jericho? You sure about that? I yes, Rich. In oh. fact, he beat him twice. He beat him twice. Twice. Center of the ring. Um, uh, that's not what I remember. Rare, <laughs> some, I don't remember some, that, but okay. Some some rare L's from Jericho. <laughs> right, I, I seem to remember the Heat it. Vampire um, stealing all of Ricky's Heat. But okay, if you if you if you remember you know it, you remember it differently than me. That's a, fine. That's fine. You know. Which you know, not to belabor this, but is it Chris Jericho's fucking problem or fault how these people get booked after he puts them over? Like how? Why do people blame Chris? Jericho <laughs> the boogeyman. Yeah, he's the boogeyman. I don't know. Chris Jericho did everything in his fucking power to put Ricky Starks over and did. And, you know, hot reaction in the match, everything else. Hot reaction when Starks came out the next week on Dynamite for his promo. Why is it Chris Jericho's fault that Tony Khan then does a poor job with Ricky Starks in the follow-up? Why do people blame Chris Jericho for that? I know it's a rhetorical question. I know you don't have an answer. But that's the, that is the... I don't Bullshit. like Chris Jericho with my answer. So. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> my you answer is I answer. don't like Chris yeah. Jericho, so that's why. Right. So we're going to blame him for how the fumbling of these people after he's done, after he does everything he can for them. So, uh, yeah. And then it's Jay White should have never been programmed with Ricky Starks because it was a situation where you're afraid, as we've seen, they don't want to beat either guy. So why do it? Why book them together? If it's not the right time for either one of them to lose. So now you have a scenario where you do what's supposed to be the blow off match and you have to do a DQ because you don't want anyone to lose. And now you're sticking them both in a battle. World. <laughs> God. So Jay White's debut, one of the biggest stars in the world, a man who has, has headlined the Tokyo Dome has headlined Madison Square Garden is a multi-time legitimate world champion in a major league organization is one of the biggest stars in the world. You I'm sure he's being paid him. well. I, I, I'm sure he's being paid pretty well. I would, I, right? He ain't I, getting paid in fucking hot dogs and handshakes. Okay, this man's <laughs> making a lot of money. Okay, he comes in red hot off of a perceived bidding war, a perceived bidding war, where everyone was like, "Wow, you remember the narrative was they stole him from WWE. They got him. He's theirs. You debut him with a run in, okay, which was cold as hell." You put him in this feud where he's never allowed to talk. You put him in a feud where neither guy can beat the other because it's it's going to be the wrong decision either way. Uh, then you do the DQ because you're afraid to beat the other guy, and now you stick them both in a battle royal. You could not drop a ball harder <laughs> than they have dropped the ball on Jay White because he doesn't feel like this hot acquisition anymore. That has been, that. Listen, that moment is gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't bottle that up again. That's over. You can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. You whiffed on that. That's over. You can't recapture that. Okay? And if you were going to make the mistake of programming these guys against each other, how did they not both get tons of promo time? Are these two guys who have reputations where they can't talk? No! They're two guys with reputations where they're like Right, so all they do is is they beat guys up backstage and they throw them into, you know, crates backstage and don't talk. I, I, yeah, I, I... That's why I, I said three or four weeks ago that you just take Jay White away and hope that people forgot that he even appeared and then just bring him back like in, you know, July and, and, and pretend that it's his debut and just hope that nobody notices it. But you're too, you're too far gone for that. That's over now. So 
listen, maybe they have some brilliant thing they're going to do in this battle royal. That's okay, <laughs> sure. I, you've not only completely fumbled, you you've not only completely earnest binard fucking Jay White. Okay, sorry Browns fans, to bring up that awful memory, but you've you've totally derailed Ricky Starks in the process. This whole thing was a giant fucking miss, and now we're in a battle where I don't I don't understand yeah. it. And uh, I really hope Orange Cassidy doesn't lose the battle world because he's had one of the best title reigns we've seen, regardless of promotion, in many years. This is a pantheon oh, yeah. modern it's title reign. It, it, it's it's you know, fantastic. And I don't want it to end. And I don't think that this is the – like, I, what is your read on it? Do you do, If you were a betting man, which I, I suppose you are, would you – does this strike you as a match that – He's going to lose this title in because I. It'd be a it'd be a big mistake. I I, he, I um, feel like it might because they're doing the battle royal, so it's a good way to kind of get out of it. But I don't know that I like him losing the title in this. I I, I just don't. It'd be a real real downer way to end this title reign that's been so good. And like you said, legitimize the international title after it had bounced around a bunch and hadn't quite figured out what it wanted to be. I mean, this is a guy that solidified this title and he's had just a great great run. I want this thing to end because he's after, you know, finished. This hellacious, you know, match of the year level match against some guy, and that guy was just better on that night. I don't want, you know, Jay White and Juice Robinson controlling the ring and, and throwing guys out, and you know that that's just boring. You know what I mean? Like, and that that's the way that you know Jay White wins this title. That would just be such a a boring ass way to do it. So I I, I truly hope that they're not switching the title here. I, I just I, I it's not the right time. It's not the right match. It's not the right time. No, it'd be a big mistake. It'd be a terrible end to the story. Be a terrible end to this great title reign. I don't mind if they end it soon because the story is it's kind of coming to an end, like his body's falling apart. Oh yeah, 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 that. for sure. But I, I want his body to fall apart after a grueling match. I don't want his in body to fall match. apart in a in a battle royal like that. That that's gonna feel like a real hill, huge letdown. Yeah, it'd really be shitty if like, you know, Jay White dumps him over the top and sleezes his way to the title in a very Jay White way. But it wouldn't be the right way to end this story for no. Orange Cassidy. I, so, no, I, I really hope they don't do that. But um, just fucking weird. I mean, to do – look, with the, with the star power that's in the Battle Royal, though, I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of different angles in the Battle Royal itself. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so, they, they can set up months and months of stories with, with this, and there's a lot of time. It's not like – yeah, it's like not like three guys that you're like, oh, those three are definitely going to win. The rest of these guys are dorks. Like, yeah, it, it's a pretty it's, – it's more – there's less dorks. You know, there, there's just a few dorks in this match, like three or four guys that you're really like, okay, those guys are just, you know, complete non-factors. Pretty much everybody else has, you know, sufficient pushes or, or, or stories that could be built. And their rivals are also in the match. Right, right. We're not loaded up with Alex Reynolds, <laughs> Luther. You know, it's like uh, – you know, so, it, it, you know, from that standpoint, you know, I'm sure it'll be fun. Uh, ladder match. Yes, a ladder match for the AEW TNT title. Wardlow versus Christian Cage. This is a doozy here. I don't think the build... I, I don't mind the build. The build hasn't been great, but I don't mind it. I just am not sure that I need to see Wardlow and a Christian Cage in a ladder match. Where do you stand with this? I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> Can Christian do a ladder match? Like, are we... The guy just came back from, you know, a year away, basically, due to injury. Yeah. And he's going to have to do all the 
ladder matchy stuff, right? It's it's not like 1986 Mid South where people are just going to buy a, a ladder match where guys are just slowly climbing up to you know get uh, uh, the pride. Like there's standards that ladder matches have these days, and people expect yeah. flying and big spots and those sort of things. Wardlow's the base. I'm assuming. I'm assuming Wardlow's not going to be diving off a ladder and Christian Cage is going to catch him. That also seems like a bad idea. But then Christian Cage jumping off a ladder and landing on Wardlow doesn't sound like a good idea either. So I'm kind of perplexed by this thing. I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's way better than we think. But I it does not seem worth the risk given what you just you know, just endured with Christian and, and, and Wardlow's you know style and what he's good at. I, I just I don't know. I'm very, uh, very cautious about this match. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what I think. You can't do, like you're saying, an old school one big bump and everybody's happy. You know this, you know. So there, there is a standard. You know, every match on this show, every men's match on this show has a gimmick. Do you notice that? Yeah, it is. And, yeah, guest referees, gimmicks, all that stuff. You know, it's the two women's matches that are just, you know, um, I was gonna say mano y mano, but that means, you know, what's the would be the Spanish equivalent of man and woman. It's just the two women matches that are just, all right, let's just have a match. Right. And it's like all the men's matches all have a gimmick. Um, so I don't know. I, I look, I love, I love Christian cage because I know when he has a promo on the show, that's my personal main event. The guy's so fucking good. Um, but yeah, look, doesn't he have didn't he have neck fusion surgery at some point? <laughs> yeah. What was his big injury? Uh he had like, forget all of his issues. He he's had a multitude of What's the of one problems. that retired him? Whatever it was. I thought that was just concussion he, issues, but I, I, I don't recall if it was right. yeah, I I forget if he had a, a neck injury too. I mean, I'm sure he's well, had here's the several. thing. Does it matter? He had something that forced him to retire. He had something where doctors said you don't want to be wrestling anymore, right? And now we're doing ladder matches with this guy. Like, I, I don't know. It's his body. I, right. You know, but, and I know they're going to work it smart. Okay. He's going to, he's going to come up with some good ideas. He's like one of the greatest ladder match wrestlers of all time, an innovator, all those things. I, here's the thing. I, I don't really care about the ward law all that much. Like no. that guy had, does nothing for me. I just, I, I'm kind of out on him too. I mean, you know, um, you know, there's this idea that they kind of dropped the ball on him, but, and that might be true to some extent, but at the same time, you know, once he beat Max, what it was all going to be downhill. That was the heat. And it's like, yeah, they've had some missteps with him, but I think maybe people just overrated his ceiling to some extent. I mean, he looks great. He looks like a million bucks. But the problem is he looks like a world champion in 1989. You know, you know what I mean by and that? It kind, like, and he kind of works like one, too, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. And it's like. And he talks like one, too. <laughs> you know, like a bad world champion in 1989. Like, yeah, it, it's he doesn't have that the, the full package the way that a lot of people think. This is another guy where I'd be much more bullish on him with WWE. Yeah. Or they'd find a way to just push him and shove him down your throat and they kind of push people by just force of will and eventually because their fans want to like everything. So eventually they do, but it's like, um, he's more their kind of archetype. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would assume Wardlaw is going to win the match unless they're going to do something with him and the dinosaur man. And I guess they could do that anyway, if he wins. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, this is probably a pretty good way for Christian to win this title without actually having to get pinned. 
And like That's you said, true. you could do a Wardlow Dinosaur Man thing, but it's just like, yeah. It's Wardlow's a guy who, in another era of wrestling, 20, 30 years ago, he'd be perfect because he'd go to a territory for a year, tell that story, leave, go to another territory, do that story, leave. You know what I mean? Like, so people wouldn't get sick of him because it'd be the first time that, you know, Mid South is seeing him. And then he would go to Texas and you do his, you know what I mean? Like, whereas. This, it's like, yeah, like you said, once the MJF story was over, it was like, all right, what's next? And it's just like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> like not much. Hey, you know? can we can we can we criticize Max a little for sucking all the guys heat? Uh, should have been his He absolutely moment? fucking sucked the heat out of that. That was a uh, what what people think Chris Jericho does, you know, sucking all the heat out of guys. MJF did it immediately yeah. in the follow up to that, yeah, for sure. Get it in the fucking match. Like, yeah. we, first of all, the the whole story that weekend was, is he going to show up? Right, airport tickets okay. and all that bullshit that was going on. And yep. whether it was a work, a shoot is 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 immaterial to the larger point. Then he shows up and it's like he 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 got went in there and did the job, but it was like winking at the camera kind of job where it's like, all right, I'm gonna lose, but I don't really care that I'm losing, and then I'm gonna take a vacation. Like it totally sucked all the heat out of the guy's big moment. They built up Wardlaw for like three years for that from day one, <laughs> from day one. And then MJF just, you know, sucked all the heat out of it. And it's like, then the same thing happened to MJF. You know, his big return and and brawl out kind of steals all the energy and attention from that. So it's like, you know, he he was a victim of that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, from that point, it's like, that should have been the, the absolute, no pun intended, pinnacle of the Wardlaw story. And it just, for reasons completely outside of his and could that have been calculated by a guy like mjf who's sure. that kind of thinker for sure he's that kind of thinker right and it's like well how do i get the attention on me when it's someone else's moment you know and then you know i don't know if, but it's something to think about in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe i can pull a ken Griffey jr rookie card But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, 
and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all three-in-one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras some other great features we love about the eufy video lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required keyless entry no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full you never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters you also have 0.3 second 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K Clear Sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the UV video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Uh, then we have another guest referee here, Mark Briscoe, the guest referee for this match. AEW World Tag Team Titles, FTR, 
uh, versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I honestly, if this was FTR versus Jay, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, just like those two teams versus each other, I'm kind of into this match because I'm I'm into Jarrett and Lethal. I think they're fun. Uh, FTR are great pro wrestlers. You throw in the what's whose side is Mark Briscoe on? I don't care. Like I don't know. I don't know where you stand on that. I don't really give a shit what side Mark Briscoe's on. I don't need that. I just want. Two teams battling for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. That's enough for me. I guess some people need, you know, what side is this guy on? Guest referee thing. But, I mean, we're going to do a guest enforcer with Sabu. We're doing a guest referee with Mark Briscoe. Like you said, it's all bells and whistles. And it's just like, I don't I don't think it needs all this. You know, the Hardys win. They own Ethan Page's contract. There's a gimmick and, and something attached to all these matches. I think this could just be a World Tag Team Title match between Jarrett and Lethal and FTR. Uh, but, alas... Mark Bristol, special guest referee. Uh, where, where, where are you at with this match? I have the complete opposite take. I'm more interested in this match with the presence of Mark Briscoe because I think he's been so great on television. Um, so there's that. To your uh, to your larger point, where everything is gimmicked up and everything has a a story, uh, could this still be Tony Khan being a little insecure about that and leaning too hard into you know disproving that he doesn't tell stories? Could that be still some of that? That's kind of been the theme of this entire pay-per-view build, right? And it's like we're seeing it play out um, in the blow-offs of the matches. But I have, I would have less interest in this match without Mark Briscoe. So I am the opposite of you. Interesting. I yeah, I just – I don't – I mean, it, it's not Mark Briscoe the, the – because he – on television, he's been great. He's been great. I just don't really care whose side he's on. Like, that doesn't do anything for me. And we're going to have a bunch of weird, like, oh, is he going to do the count? And he does one, two, and then has to think, oh, you know, like, I don't want that. You know, I, I don't know what we're going to do with this. I don't know what kind of caveats we're going to throw on him being the guest referee. But it just feels like it's going to be a lot of just weird shit. That's just like, I just want to watch two teams wrestle, to be honest. But that, whatever. I, I think it'll probably be fun. And I think that if they didn't do the any of this Mark Briscoe stuff and it was just a straight match, it wouldn't really have a chance to be a great match anyway. Um, so, you know, gimmicking up this one, if everything else wasn't gimmicked up, wouldn't seem so uh, egregious, but like everything is gimmicked up. So I don't know. I just, it's been a while since the tag team titles in this company have just been like a work rate kind of title, you know, and it's probably time. I feel like I said this before, like with the last pay-per-view, but here we are again where, you know, and I guess, you know, we've got the trios titles for that now. And, um, you know, Orange Cassidy obviously has been, you know, one of the greatest just bell to bell, go out there and have a match kind of champions that we've seen in a very long time. And I guess that's a nice transition to the main event because man, that guy's a real pillar. Like he's, some of the guys in this match, they say are pillars and they're, you know, I would dispute that. Um, like Orange Cassidy's like a true pillar of this yeah, company. Yeah, for sure. From a ratings point of view, from being on TV every week, his segments always do well. He has great matches. He's like the glue that holds Dynamite together. Like he's, that's another way of saying that he's a pillar. He holds the show up, you know? And um, we've got this main event with the four pillars that, Look, if you're tired of this pillar stuff or if you don't believe in one, two, three, or all four of these guys, used to it, settle in because it's going to be this way for the next decade because Tony loves all these dudes. And, um, I, you know, to, to use an old overused meme, love anything like Tony Khan loves the idea of Sammy Guevara babyface. 
I mean, I don't know what he sees or why he thinks Sammy Guevara can be an effective babyface, but he just thinks he can be, and he's never going to give up on that. Um, he loves Jack Perry. I mean, Jack Perry is going to be a world champion in this company. I mean, it's just going to happen. Get ready for that. I don't think it's happening Sunday, but you know, and MJF is MJF. Look, MJF's great. Okay, he's great. Let's leave him out of this. Other than the fact that a lot of this story is is his brainchild, and this story fucking stinks. Okay, and he has a lot of control over his own stories, and he has a lot of control over this one. But his performances, his promos, and 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 everything from that standpoint, I can't knock his performance. The guy's great. The other three have been a mixed bag. Darby Allen's a better promo than I ever thought he could be. The problem is he shouldn't be promoing. He shouldn't be talking. Here's what Darby Allen should be doing. He should be hanging out in the rafters with fucking goth grandpa and playing with Ouija boards or whatever the fuck. And he should never be cutting promos. I don't want to hear Darby Allen cutting promos. And it's just, we don't need everyone to be a promo guy. That's not what he is. That's not what got him over. That's not his essence. I don't need to hear about his, his fucking therapy. Okay. He, you know, he's been surprisingly good with the stick, but it's, it's, it's not him. Sammy has turned twice in the course of this. I know. And then you wonder why he's cutting a babyface promo last night on dynamite, a backstage segment, and no one's reacting to it. Why would they, why would they, the guy just turned twice in a matter of six weeks and he's not a good baby face. Anyway, and never will be. He's hateable. Just let people hate him. Let people fucking hate him. And then Jack Perry, I mean, I thought MJF, I mean, was he? I, I feel like he was ribbing on the square when he said that whatever he said about watching a Jack Perry promo and falling asleep. The guy's a fucking bore. The guy is a fucking bore. And now you have MJF pointing it out on TV, which is what MJF does. Okay. He says what we're all thinking. And Jack Perry is a fucking bore and he's not ready for the spot. And I don't know if he's ever going to be. I don't know if Jack Perry is ever going to be a compelling promo. I don't know if he has it in him. The guy just talks like he has marbles in his mouth. He's not interesting. He doesn't He doesn't carry himself like a star. And look, he's young and he has time. But I am not, I am, I still refuse to buy the stock. I need to see. They're telling me, but they're not showing me. Okay? They're constantly telling me Jack Perry's a guy and not just a guy. But they're not showing, and he's not showing me. Right. He has great matches. There's no doubt about it. His matches over deliver. And I'll tell you what. I don't like this build. I don't like this match. They're probably going to go out there and have a four and a half star match. They're oh, it's I, I, yeah. I have, a, I, have a, I have a very good feeling it's going to be a good match because MJF, Sammy, and and Darby are all performers that always step up, always have pretty good and 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 Jungle Boy too. Like we should give credit where it's due. He's had very good in ring performances, and if he's in there with the right guy, he usually does deliver. But I, the build has just been, and there was a there was a couple weeks ago where they did those those pre tapes or whatever. Where I was like, all right, maybe they got this build back on track, or maybe we're we're just not there yet, and 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 we're and we're here, so we're not going to get there. You know what I mean? Like this whole build has been so much more about guys deserving chances and deserving spots and deserving this, and nobody earning anything. Nobody. What, what have any of these guys done to earn this spot in this build? We just started with four guys in the ring, cutting bad promos, and then we've kind of twisted and turned there for like a month and a half at this point, and it's like nobody. There's so many other ways that you could tell this story other than just, you know, Jack Perry saying, like, you don't come to work and you're the champion. That's bullshit. And it's like, all right, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know, not my fault, buddy. You know, and Darby talking about his therapy and Sammy being like, I, f- I fuck everything up, but I'm not going to fuck this up. And it's like, why do I want to watch these people go for the title? 
and and you talked about MJF too. Like he in the entire build to this is basically just making fun of these guys how they don't deserve this title shot. And none of it is wrong. None of it, nothing that he said is wrong. He says Darby's weird and Sammy's just a, a, a fuck up and he's he's a little guy and he's not gonna do it. And then Jack Perry's boring and 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 but none of these guys have done anything to earn this shot. And I think that there's so many other better ways to deal deal with this story and to, and to have these guys there was a way to make this feel like this is the match that you had to make that Darby's winning a bunch of matches. Jungle boys winning a bunch of matches. Sammy's winning a bunch of matches. You could say, man, those were the guys that they called the four pillars and all four of them right now are on in, uh, you know, or all three of these, if you want to say Sammy Darby and, and Jack, those guys are undeniable right now. They are on, win streaks they're five six seven match win streaks big time matches man there's gonna be a collision course here with those guys are just gonna have to go for the t- i mean mjf's gonna have to face those guys for the title because they're all top contenders they're all instead we it's been none of that it's been guys talking about how they deserve to be in this spot and i deserve to be here and i work hard so i should get this opportunity and nobody has earned any of this opportunity so it's just such a dumb story and they've tried and they've pivoted a little bit and they've done but it's just at the end of the day I don't know why I'm compelled to watch these four guys wrestle. I don't know why. And, and I don't know, like, nobody thinks that any of these guys are beating MJF for this title either. So it's like, it's a placeholder. It, it would be a massive mistake if any of them did. Who would do it? Who, if, like, honestly, if, you, if, you, if I had to say, Joe, MJF has to lose this match, who does he lose it to? Who's the oh best person God. that you could pick? I mean, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Jack Perry because maybe that's what he needs to get over the top and be perceived as a top guy. I would ne- Sammy would be my there's four people in this match and Sammy Guevara would be my sixth pick to be to, to win that. Like I would never pick Sammy. Um Darby I would pick if he never spoke. The the thing about it is we learned he could promo a little which is nice but it completely killed his aura and he doesn't feel cool anymore. Do you think he feels as cool as he used to? I don't. Oh, no, no, no. He, like- he, the mysterious brooding guy is definitely a lot cooler of a Darby vibe than, you know, here's my life. <laughs> you know, here I am in my, you know, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm with you. I, I agree. You know, so if I had to pick one and, 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 you know, like MJF's contract was up and someone had to win, I'd pick Jack Perry because, you know, that's like, all right, well, let's just rocket pack the guy and see what happens. You know, it's funny because. I don't want to hyper focus on the therapy line, but you had Jack Perry right there and that would have fit his character so much better because everyone always attacks the idea that his father's dead, right? So he's got the dead father who never saw him succeed in pro wrestling. And he's got the mentor and the best friend who just turned on him and put him through hell. Like, I think that would have been a nice character addition for him. To, to talk about how he's gone through therapy and worked on things and, and it would have worked better for, for his story than it works for, I don't want Darby Allen humanized. That's what I'm getting to here. Jack Perry. I want humanized. I want to relate to Jack Perry. I want people to relate to Jack Perry, the human being and for him to stop being a Tarzan knockoff and with his fucking leafy boots. And that's great for him. I don't want Darby Allen humanized. There are some gimmicks and characters in pro wrestling that you do not want humanized. There's another one on this show, and his name is Sabu. Who wants Sabu humanized? It wouldn't work. You don't want it. You want Sabu to just point at the fucking ceiling and crash through tables. I want Darby Allen up in those fucking rafters acting like MJF says, a school shooter. That's what I want. I don't want him humanized. I want him to be a freak show who has no concern for his body, doesn't speak, and he's just a fucking weirdo because that's what got him over. 
And I feel like they, they, in a lot of ways, have hurt Darby Allen in this feud. This has been a net negative for Darby Allen. So, I don't know. I'd pick, to answer your question, I'd pick Jack Perry if I was yeah. forced to choose. It's tough. And I, I think I would probably pick Darby, but I don't feel confident about that at all. And, and, and I mean, it's not going to happen. MJF is winning this match, and he's he's going to leave as the champion and 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 build to the entire summer. But yeah, it, it ultimately like this this story just it it never it never clicked, it never worked, and it I think is responsible more than anything for the TV feeling as bad as it did for as long as it did. And like you said, the the minute that they kind of pivoted away from this story being the central focus of the television show and not starting the show off, they. Ever, you know, ever, ever since a couple weeks ago, they've started the show off with a hot match now. You know what I mean? And, and that's so much of a better thing than these guys getting in the ring and, and bitching and moaning about why they deserve a spot. That's what we had for a couple weeks. Then we sort of pivoted to, all right, in the midst of the show, we're going to show these promo packages and these little videos here or there, and that's going to be the build to this thing. And then, like you said, this week, it was, I mean, when you leave that show thinking Anarchy in the Arena is the main event. And, hell, it might be the main event. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. That might be the main event. Like, that's the way that Dynamite – I mean, because you had a little bit of story here and there, but you said it was in the middle of the show. It was a, it was thrown in in the, in the first hour and then the beginning of the second hour. The main event angle was those dudes, was, was Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite or whatever. So that pivot, I think, has helped the show tremendously. And, and I'm just ready for this match to happen and this story to be over and for us to just all move on with our lives because this has just been – a, a not good and and AEW very very rarely misses on their big high end top top uh, matches match you know thing you know main events of pay per views that they usually deliver on those the stories usually make sense the stories usually have some juice to them this has been a major 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 miss so I don't know man it, no, it, it's it's uh with, with that said with the closing angle you know that's the main event spot that's the closing angle that's the lasting impression that's what you're closing the show with with that said. They know that more people are watching in the middle of the show. So they kind of played it both ways. True. You know what I mean? But there is a symbolic nature and the idea of this is the thing you want to leave people with by closing the show, the go home show with the other angle. But, um, but yeah, look, and I, I do want to mention this before we move on. I did enjoy the very subtle pivot that MJF made when he, when he brought up that his contracts come and do again, the war of 24 stuff. It used to be, he would rant and rave about how much he hates AEW and how much AEW sucks. He gave a real rah, rah promo about all of his opponents and himself and how they built the place and they're the pillars and they're homegrown and they didn't have national TV exposure before, but now everybody knows that they're stars and we're here and, and this company's built on us and, you know, and, and, and then the way he positioned his contract coming due was, but quite frankly, I'm bored here. He didn't bury the company. He's kind of gotten away from this place sucks. Right, I which, don't was, which be was terrible here. anyway. Whoever whoever greenlit that is is dumb too. That was that was stupid to have. This company fucking sucks, and I can't wait to leave. All right, hey, <laughs> I'm a, uh, yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, so now it seems to be well. I'm just bored here, and I might want to move on, which is a better way to go about the same story because you don't have the guy burying the company, you know, and, and, you know, unfortunately they had a bunch of different stories going on at once for a while there. Where it was just people saying how much the company sucks, and, <laughs> right. you know, and, and they've gotten away from that. You got to give them credit because I think maybe there was some reflection there by Tony or whoever else. And they've kind of gotten away from that aspect of it. But um, yeah, I think the match is going to deliver and, 
The only drawback is I don't think there's any chance that MJF can lose. So the question is, can they fool you? Can they fool you on a near fall? Can they convince you briefly that he could go down? Um, that's the key because you know they're going to work their ass off, and it's it's MJF. He is going to do, especially if he goes on after Anarchy in the Arena, he is someone who is always motivated to be, to steal the show and be the talk coming out of the show. So it's almost better if this match does go on last because I think that they'll have something to prove because the other match is going to be great. And, you know, Sammy Guevara will do anything to get over. Darby's a fucking maniac. Jack Perry always has good matches, and MJF will do anything in his power to be the talk coming out of a show and to steal the show. So I do think the match will be excellent. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I, I think ultimately when it's you know build aside, I, I, I think it has the chance to be a very, very, very good match. And I think ultimately, yeah, when you have the anarchy in the arena, uh, you have whatever hater and storm might be, uh, and then MJF World, you know, the, the AEW World Title match, like I, those all have the potential to be pretty damn good. And if anything else on the show, you know, like we said, Cole and Jericho has a chance to overdeliver as well. And then who the hell knows about Wardlow and Cage, and 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 you know who the hell knows about you know FTR and 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 Jared and Lethal. But yeah, it, it, again, it still does have the chance to be a pretty damn good show. So excited to check it out on Sunday. Uh, again, instant reaction live immediately following uh, the show on Sunday night. That is going to be at flagshippatreon.com. Uh, or voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash voicesofwrestling anyway uh, that you want to get there. $10 tier. Uh, again, you're going to want to sign up early. Don't sign up the day of. Don't sign up an hour before. Don't sign up when we go live. You know, Sign up now, and you're going to be able to get all the other bonus audio we have, all the other bonus stuff we have. Plus, you'll be ready to go for Sunday. Uh, always a fun time. Always one of our most listened to shows, the Instant Reaction Lives. Uh, the chat room's always buzzing while the things are going on as well. So it's, 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 it's a blast. I, I, always, I always really, really enjoy these, and I and, uh, can't wait to do it again uh, here on Sunday uh, for AEW uh, Double or Nothing. So... All right, so let's get to some other topics here. But uh, before I do that, I do have to let you know that this episode of the Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at BetStamp and the BetStamp app, which is helping thousands of people win at sports betting. The same way that travelers use Google Flights or Expedia to find the best prices, bettors can now use BetStamp to do the same. When you place a bet, the odds given by a sportsbook will determine how much you could possibly win. Even when betting on the same outcome, different sports books will offer varying payouts, and those differences can be huge. I was just looking at this a little bit earlier. If you're doing futures bets for the NBA Finals, so you want to bet on the Nuggets, or at this point, still the Heat and the Celtics are both in there, different books are offering different things. So you're, you, know, you're, you don't have to be beholden to any one of these books. Go with the one that's going to make you the most money. Go with the one that's going to give you the best odds. You're going to bet on the Nuggets anyway. Like Why, why, you know, why be beholden to one book uh, over another book? So I was looking at that, at that a little bit earlier. That's what really is the, 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 the best part about BetSnap is you can go on there and, yeah, you can just say, how am I going to win the most money? What, I'm going to do the same bet. What is going to give me the most money with that same bet? That is what BetSnap does. They do line shopping. Easily line shop for the most profitable odds across all of sports books. You can click on any matchup and instantly see all the different odds for game lines, player prop bets, or as I said, futures bets. Line shopping is the simplest way to find an edge in sports betting and maximize your chances of winning long-term. On average, bet stamp users win an extra $1,000 yearly just by line shopping and finding the best odds. So you can find the bet stamp app on the Apple iOS store, Google Play, or go to your browser and go to betstamp.app, that's .app, slash V-O-W, that's betstamp.app, 
slash VOW. Uh, to access all of the benefits that I talked about before, you're going to want to sign up with the promo code VOW. So make sure when you get in there, uh, betstamp app dot, uh, slash VOW or uh, betstamp on Apple iOS or Google Play, uh, make sure you use that promo code VOW and you can start your journey to successful sports betting today. And if you forget to use that code on sign up, don't worry, you can always enter it uh, in your account settings as well to make sure you unlock all of the benefits of BetStamp. Again, that's betstamp.app slash VOW, promo code VOW, or find the BetStamp app on Apple iOS or Google Play. And of course, we thank them for sponsoring this week's show. All right. Let us get to, well, I guess, Joe, I'm gonna, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to talk about the world of WWE or do you want to get into New Japan Pro Wrestling? Um, do you know the Rampage spoilers or no? Uh, I do not. Are House of Black going to be on this pay-per-view? I don't know. <laughs> They're not on it now, but I guess they could be on it. What did you think of the... Uh... The gimmicked up light. I know you the weren't Van a big Go, fan of it. The Van Gogh lights. Um, yeah. You're still not in? Uh, better than the darkness, but I don't know. I think I like it. You're, you're into I've the Van Gogh thing? Like you're, you're in? You're in? Okay. You know, I, I think I've decided I like it. It's different. Um, this week's house rules or whatever were the Lucha Tag rules. I thought that was... I like the idea of the challengers picking their own gimmick rule. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If this is going to keep Malachi Black happy. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's a great wrestler. Yeah, whatever whatever keeps these guys on my television show having good matches, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine with me. Yeah, if they're going to go out there for a couple months until this wears out its welcome or they lose the titles and just have really good TV matches <laughs> against a variety me. of different opponents. You can do whatever the fuck you want with the with the house lights. That's how I'm approaching this. Okay? And it does kind of set them apart. You know, so if writing up your little fucking rule, if him stroking his chin and coming up with his <laughs> fucking <Tom> house <laughs> rules, you know, and, uh, and, and giving him his gimmick lighting is going to make him happy so he's not, you know, going home to recalibrate every six months then you know what? I, I think it's fine. That's kind of my stance on it now. What I think I like about it too is they're they're cutting less promos because that that's usually what gets me is like uh, yeah, him awful. in the back being like the, the seeds of discontent are arising among us. I'm like, what are you talking to? Whatever. But like they're just coming out. There's weird lighting and then they have good matches. And that's fine with me. That is okay. You know what I mean? It keeps oh, – the lore is to a minimum. kind of riddle. <laughs> right, talking right. in a riddle. Yeah. You ever see those uh, – you ever get these things suggested to you on YouTube where it's like old Socrates quotes? Like, like he he get he, I feel like he gets them off of there and then he just reads them off in the promo. A lonely man can only succeed if he's like, you know, it's always some, <laughs> right. it's always some kind of fucking riddle with his velvet fucking antlers that he's wearing, and you know, it's uh, you know, so yeah, if this keeps him happy and we and that stuff is kept to a minimum and. You know, and they're just gonna go out because they and fucking have rule. Because they rule when yeah. they just wrestle. It's great. Brody King hanging Blake Christian over the rope like he did Darby uh, last night. That was a great visual. They had all three of them in a submission. You know, and Ar Fox is tapping out, and um, 
you know, so I just wanted to see if uh, we can get a Rich Krejci update on the, on the uh, mood lighting. Yeah, for, uh... <laughs> I, I like the Van Gogh more than like the the darkness thing that they did a couple like that. The, what was it two weeks ago or whatever? They just put just complete darkness, and then as the match went on, you could tell the guy with the slider just a little bit. Like they were like, no, we need a little bit more lighting than that. <laughs> it looks like it looks really desolate. It looks like we're they're wrestling in a warehouse. And then like as the match was going on, a little by little the sl- the you know the light sliders to the point where like by the end of the match it was almost like just kind of subtly dark and not completely dark. But the Van Gogh lighting is 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 interesting. That 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 I don't mind as much. So I'll 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 take Starry Night over uh, uh hell it, it, again as long as he's not cutting backstage promos about the seeds of discontent or whatever. I'm I'm fine with it. So. Uh, you think that's his fuck lighting at home too? <laughs> the you Van Gogh starry night. Lighting? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Do you think he's one of these guys who, um, on the ceiling in his bedroom, he has uh, those like uh, those glow in the dark moons and stars <laughs> that like yeah. <laughs> that that girls would have on their ceiling when you were in high school, right? You'd go to hook up with a girl, and they always had those those glow in the dark moons and stars on their on their uh, on on the uh, on the ceiling in their room. You think he's one of those guys? He's got those on. Probably. And he's the, just uh, talking to you about Capricorn the entire time. And you're like, I don't know. Okay, man. <laughs> like, whatever, you know. Him in yeah. the shop stored with the constellations yeah, on the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, maybe we'll get a uh, mood lighting House of Black Trios match here <laughs> on, the, on the pre-show. That'd be fine with me. Uh, all right. So what do you want to do, WWE or, or, or New Japan Pro Wrestling? Uh... Nah, fuck W. You know what? Yeah. Fuck WWE. Damn right. How about that? You think I want to talk about WWE? Hell you no. That's something I want to do. Okay. So let's talk about the New Japan Pro Wrestling. And all their and stories are WWE. fucked up. All their stories are fucked up because they just wouldn't have Roman lose. So every yeah. story's jacked out of it. They had to create a fake title. They have a weird tag match, and Brock and Cody are fighting for no reason just because they wouldn't let that man, who, by the way, is passing. He's. Roman Reigns will be a thousand days as champion on May 26th, but he's in a tag team match. For this. Like, wouldn't the best story be to get to a thousand days? You could lie about it too. You know, you could fudge with the numbers a little bit. To get to a thousand days, Roman Reigns has to f- defend the title against X. And if he beats X, then he will be a thousand days as champion. No, he's in a tag match against Owens and Zayn, and there's a fake title now, and Cody and Brad, whatever. Yeah, fuck him. I guess we're doing WWE. No, no, no. Then. Fuck them. I'm um, done. Don't even respond to that. Fuck them. Move on. We'll give him eight minutes. That's too much. Can we do it in eight minutes? No, make it four. You think we could do this in four minutes? Yeah, do it in four. Have you seen pretty much every contender for this new title, Bury It? Yes. Have you seen that? <laughs> Call it a secondary handout title. Yeah. Seth Rollins called it the secondary title. AJ Styles says it's consolation prize. I might have them mixed up, but they both said each one of them said one of those things. Um, you know, complaining that you know Roman has <laughs> Feel all the belts excitement. And... Yeah. So they're not even like their own people are burying this thing publicly, which is a hu- which is embarrassing. It's humiliating. Um, you know, Roman going after the tag titles. Which fuck it, he may as well win them. Oh sure, I, mean, I hope he does. Not? I hope he, uh, Joe. I am so hoping he wins the titles. Just have him out there like fucking Ultimo Dragon. Just <laughs> right, fucking, I love it. You yeah. know, you know what's the difference? Um, yeah, I mean, Cody and Brock again. They're trying to force feed the, the 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 torn pec story now with Cody and his broken arm. 
cool. Whatever. Yeah, well, you know, they had them super over. I mean, they <laughs> did they? Oh, yeah, they, they did. Yeah. Any of this. Hey, yeah, you know, stories don't end, Joe. Stories don't end. Just yeah. everything would have been was, so much uh, easier. <laughs> Every story is so better. much easier yeah. and better. <laughs> and more interesting. <laughs> they just can't. They're so bad. It's so stupid. They even, look, they even had us for a short window. They got analyzing us. Analyzing them. Yeah. We were analyzing them in earnest. And they blew it. <laughs> now we just don't give a fuck again. Yeah. yeah. Two pay-per-views this weekend. One of which, this is crazy, Rich. Did you know that Battleground, just by sheer coincidence, is head-to-head with Double or Nothing? Oh, golly it's, gee, uh, really? Wow. Man. It's Sunday, yeah. It's, uh, you know, last time they did this, remember? It was Gosh like darn it. That day. happens every time. It, wow, the worst luck, you know? No, no, no. Last time, remember, it was earlier in the day, and they had that plausible deniability, and they were like, No, you know, we're doing it at 4 p.m. <laughs> it's like we always do. But, yeah, but like the idea was they're still taking attention and headlines yeah, yeah, and all yeah. those sorts of things. Now it's just head to fucking head. Did you see Shawn Michaels doing the Iraqi general bit? Like, oh, I didn't know it, you know. The, yeah, that I, Memorial it, Day weekend. I mean, it's just the time to have a show. You know, yeah, no, no, I did see that. Uh, did you like uh, did you get called on in the, uh, the HBK media call uh, earlier today or no? I don't know, Rich. You can't get me in. I, you <laughs> I know, we never get the invite. <laughs> it might be in my spam. Let me see if Michael Hickenbottom emailed me and it went to my spam. But... I might have a better chance again. You him. might. Yeah, Hickenbottom doesn't know what. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no emails from Michael Hickenbottom, unfortunately. So, um, do you think he's sending uh, them at Sean Michaels, or how, how do you think I'm getting these? Uh... I'll check Sean. Well, it's not coming from him, Rich. Oh, it's coming from you. Don't think he sends them out? Okay. Well. No. Well, I have a better chance of getting an email from Shawn Michaels than I do WWE PR. So either way, I That's don't think true. I don't. Yeah. Th- there's an off chance that uh, that that Michaels would you know hit the wrong button and email me, whereas WWE PR I don't think will ever be uh, emailing me anytime. You soon, should probably so. hit him up, and then he'll probably respond to you like that picture of him on AOL in 1996 with the one finger over the keyboard. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, but anyway, they got asked about that directly, and he was like, "Oh, well, you know, it's a holiday weekend, and." We, you know, people above my head make those decisions. I don't think it's on purpose. Come on, now we all know it's on purpose. <laughs> just say it; it's fine. We all know it's on purpose. Just say it. Just, just come out with it and say, yeah, we're, you know, we're in a wrestling war and we're going to counter program. Just say it, because we all know what that's. That's what it is. They had the date first. You jump in, run it at the same exact time. It's the Vince playbook since 1984. Okay, we all <laughs> right, know yeah, we know it. We know the score. It's all right. Yeah. Triple H was subtle. He's like, ah, I'll run at 4 p.m. Vince is like, ah, put it at 8. Run head to head. You know, that that's what they do. So, you know, battleground, Rich. I know you're up to date on NXT. Oh, God, yes. Am I up to date on NXT? So much so, I don't even want to preview this because I'm so up to date. Uh, and it would just do a disservice because, you know, we'd be, we'd, we'd clue people in so much. I don't want to spoil the pay-per-view for people. You know what I mean? Like. Because we're so dialed into NXT, the NXT television that, yeah, that we would just reveal all the results here. And that just wouldn't be fun then uh, for all those last people who are tuning in on NXT Battleground this Sunday. The, the last thing Rich wants to do this weekend is crack his knuckles and settle in for some Battleground. <laughs> settle in for some Noam Dar versus Dragon Lee. Yeah. Well, that's probably going to be pretty that's good. That's probably good. Lyra but... Valkyria versus Tiffany Stratton for the uh, NXT women's title. This is the last thing Rich Craig wants to do. Is no, no, I'd rather NXT not watch uh, Under Siege, uh, Impact Under Siege. All right, so we have <laughs> Double or Nothing, 
Battlegrounds, The Blood Money Show. We're well past four minutes, by the way. So, so wrap it up here. The the best of the Super Junior Final and Under Siege. There's six major shows this weekend. You put Battleground number six. If okay, don't answer yet. If this podcast didn't exist, if Voices of Wrestling didn't exist, got the Indy 500 this weekend too, pal. I know I'm threatening you with a good time, but if Voices of Wrestling didn't exist and this podcast didn't exist and you were watching wrestling for pleasure, I know that's a foreign concept for you. Would you put out of those six shows, which one would be your lowest priority? Uh, Under Siege. Under Siege for sure. Even below the Battleground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's there's enough good workers on Battleground that I'm like, all right, you know. Dragonoff versus Dijak and 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 Noam Dar versus Dragon Lee and hell that Wesley Tyler Bate Joe Gacy will probably be pretty decent and yeah I don't know there, there's enough stuff I like on that show that I mean I don't Wait, care about any of it but it's like on paper it's fundamentally going to be a good show. Did I say six shows? Um, the Blood Money Show, Battlegrounds, Double or Nothing, Best of Super Junior Final, Under Siege. Yeah, there's five. There's five, five, five. Um, but you'd put I'd put under, under siege, siege yeah fans. unfortunately sorry impact fans but yeah under siege so double or nothing would be number one yes best of super juniors number two uh-huh. where are we where, what else have I got here uh oh uh got... yeah double or nothing best of super juniors <sighs> tough choice here blood money or battleground we'll, the blood we'll money show blood, blood money show and then battleground then then under siege I think it's a fair order. I think that'd be my order as well. I hate NXT with every fiber <laughs> of my being. And I still would watch it before the Under Siege show. The, the, the most unfortunate thing has happened that on our Discord, anytime Roxanne Perez cuts a promo, I just get tagged by everybody. Oh, yeah. So I show a Tuesday night. On my, my phone is just exploding with notifications. I, I sign in on Discord, and it's got like... Eight is like the the you know the little red dot is yes. I'm like oh no what's going on and I go to WWE and people are like Rich <laughs> Roxanne Perez I'm like please stop. Rich is basically Rich sees that and he's like one of two things happen Roxanne Perez cut a promo or Rich or Joe got canceled again right Rich right <laughs> I just I don't know which uh, luckily so, it's almost always Roxanne uh, cut a, another horrible promo so right she has reached for me. <laughs> For me personally, Roxanne Perez and her little gimmick here and her promos and the way she's presented, I'm sure she's a lovely lady. Um, she has reached Otis, Johnny Hungy levels of off-putting annoying. WWE, who's the ring announcer that growls? She's up there. Uh, well, too. they have two growlers. They have two growlers. No, but the prime growler. The, the prime growler is the uh, NXT uh, lady. I forget what her uh, her name is. No, 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 no. Oh, you're thinking of Irvin? You're thinking of, of Irvin. You're thinking of, because there's Alicia. I don't know if she still does it, but they're uh, Alicia Taylor. But then the, the one, you're thinking of uh, Irvin. I think Stephanie Irvin or whatever. That's the main roster growler. Yeah. Yeah, she's up there. Those are That's my, that's my uh, Mount Rushmore of annoying wrestling people that make me want to put my head through the TV. Uh, what's her name? Samantha Irvin. Uh, Samantha. Yeah, I think it's Samantha Irvin. I, I God, so, does she fucking suck? Someone's gonna she's correct the worst us. Ring, yeah, she's the worst ring announcer I've ever heard. I 
I she I can't listen to her announce people. <laughs> it's so off-putting and annoying. Then there's Johnny Hungy, can't stand him. Otis, of course, cannot stand the Otis. And then Roxanne Perez. <laughs> I cannot yeah. fucking stand Roxanne Perez. And her stupid little promos. That annoying fucking chipmunk voice and those promo. I can't take it. It's really bad. With the bad with the bad enunciation and cadence. That's my four, I think. Right now, currently. Oh, and Bobby Orlando. I gotta throw him in <laughs> the there. Goat guy. There's a fifth. The goat guy. Yeah. Bobby Orlando. God. Everything I hate about the Indies wrapped up in one package. Bobby Orlando. <laughs> um, going a little off the board there with that one. Um, so anyway, that was Night of Champions and Battlegrounds. Yeah, hey, there it is. this weekend. This weekend. Yeah, make sure you're watching those. Is there any links for those? We don't no, I got nothing. We don't make any money on those. So. Watch them, don't watch them. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Fucking so, yeah. bullshit-ass company. Bullshit ass company. You know, it feels good again to just completely it is. fucking bury Yeah, it. We, we had like three months and where we were like, well, then they could do this. And then if they do this, then now I'm just like, I don't know, whatever. Gunther Mustafa love- Ali, who <laughs> fucking cares? You know what I mean? Who cares? I love not caring about it. I love not wanting to talk about it. Yeah. I love not feeling obligated to talk about mm-hmm. it. You know, that's so freeing, you know? So I don't want to sit here and break down Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch. I, I don't want to do it, Rich. I don't care what Wes Lee is up to <laughs> in NXT. And, you know, Gallus has no appeal to me now that they've changed their theme song. So there's not even that aspect of it. Let's do some New Japan. Let's do some New Japan. Let's talk about uh, – let's start with uh, the best of the Super Juniors. Uh, coming up this weekend – finals and semifinals uh we're gonna have the two semifinals they're doing a little different this year uh we have mike bailey the winner of the a block he's gonna face the b block runner-up uh master watto uh and then the winner of that will face the winner of this match el desperado the winner of the b block uh who's gonna be facing the a block runner-up teton so a little what, what do you think about those names there are, are you surprised or, or is those basically the names that you thought I, I don't know i've seen some people surprised about teton and maybe surprised about watto Desperado feels like that one isn't too off board. And Mike Bailey, I don't know. It depends on what you thought of Mike Bailey coming in and, and, and where, you know, where you thought he was in the wrestling packing order. I'm not super surprised that Mike Bailey's in this spot. I'm not surprised about El Desperado. And I'm really not surprised about Teton either. Watto's maybe the one that's, that's a little surprising they had put him in this spot. But I don't feel like he's going to win. I feel like we're probably setting up for, for a Bailey-Desperado final. But I don't know. Where, where, do, you, uh, where do you stand on, uh, on the uh, semifinals and then ultimately the finals? I'm, I'm... I'm shocked by Teton. You're not surprised by that? No, not really. Shocked. No, not really. Well, he gets right, that LIJ. Cleo. He got that LIJ right. rub. I, I don't know. I just kind of some part of me thought that, you know, looking at the list of guys, it just felt like they gave him that new rub. They gave him the LIJ thing. I don't know. I it, I don't know. It just didn't. Yeah, it didn't shock me the way it it, it seemed to have shocked a lot of other people. Fucking amazing Kreskin over here. I don't know. I didn't. Uh... I mean, I wasn't gonna bet on I it if you put a gun. <laughs> I, I wasn't betting the house on uh, on on one Teton, but uh, I don't know. I wasn't super like Leo Rush would have been maybe the one that a lot of other people would have thought. But you know, Teton getting that stamp of the Lij, I thought that gave him enough you know credibility to to possibly win this thing. Yeah, that one Teton shocks me. Uh, none of the others surprised me. I mean, Mike Bailey, we didn't know how they were gonna treat him in the booking. 
But early on in the tournament, when we quickly saw that he was going to get respect in the booking and the way he performed, I mean, he was the best wrestler in this tournament. So, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me now that we're at the end of this thing. And Watto doesn't surprise me. Um, I I would prefer him not to be in the semifinal. Even for all his improvements, I'm still not interested in watching him wrestle. Uh, I've watched every match of this tournament, and when his music hits, I'm like, uh, all right, let me fuck with my phone and half-watch. He still kind of feels like a a gutsy underdog thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like that's a dude that's there because he's better than everybody else. You know know what I mean? Like, Mike Bailey has, like... kind of the appeal. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. I get that. But that doesn't appeal to me, and I know that doesn't appeal to you. And I, I get why some people are like, ah, the gutsy underdog has done it. But I want, you know... Mike Bailey, who's just like beat everybody, you know what I mean? Like just basically beat everybody and earned his spot. And and you knew definitively, whereas, yeah, that Watto thing of, of you know, the gutsy underdog just kind of fighting through perseverance. Like, I, don't, I, just, I just want guys that are like clearly better than everybody else. That's who I want uh, in this thing. But I, w- with that said, like, yeah, the improvements are definitely there. And Watto has been a lot better. And I think he's been decent in this best of the super juniors. I just don't fully connect with him just yet. But we'll see. We'll see. Um. I would like to see Mike Bailey win. Now he did beat Hiromu on night one. Yeah. And I talked about this the last couple of weeks, you know, if he gets through, then Hiromu could get the win back. So um, that's what I would do. And I, that's what I hope that they do, but you know, I don't know. The most boring outcome would be Despy, but also the most likely probably, um, and if they go with one of the other two, I'd be genuinely fucking stunned. You could knock me out with a fucking brick if they go with Watto or Teton as the winner of the whole thing. Teton, let's do it. I like um, it. Let's 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 fucking do it. With I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind. It's Teton. a cool story, right? Because it's Lij, Lij. I mean, it's like yeah, it, it, it's Teton's got that way. Because so, so the guys that beat Hiromu in the tournament, you have Leo Rush, Mike Bailey. And Teton, obviously Leo Rush, not in the finals, not in, not in the mix. Could he maybe get a title shot somewhere down the line or whatever? Yeah, you could definitely do that. Like you said, Bailey makes all the sense in the world. Bailey wins, goes back at Hiromu. They have that rematch. Hiromu gets his win back over Bailey. Okay, that's fine. Teton, you know, he did it too. I guess you could run that back. I mean, they had a really, really good match too, a really good back and forth, a well-told match. That's a hell of a push though for Teton. You know what I mean? That That is a rocket pack of all rocket packs, but I don't. Like, I think he, he's more likely to me than Watto, for sure, right? Like, Watto's four out of four for you, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, and then I guess um, it's probably Teton and then Bailey and Desperado. I, I I probably, if I was a betting man, I'd probably go with Desperado, but I think it's a lot more fun if it's Bailey or Teton. Do you think, um, do you think the Taiji Ishimori injury changed any, forced any changes? You know, I was thinking about that a little bit earlier um because he, okay, so, he had one forfeit to tjp right yeah did he have any other i don't think he had any other forfeits though right every other match well was... he lost the the well the the the, the hiromu match was referee stopping oh so right right so i guess that you can kind of i count. guess we don't know who was gonna win that but the thing is Hiromu kind of had to win that to set up getting knocked out by Teton. Right, exactly. So that, I, I tend to think that he was probably going to win that match anyway. Yeah. Because it just he wouldn't have worked. Technically, he technically would have been alive going into the final night, Ishimori, but he would have been like a tiebreaker deal. So I, I don't know. But probably not. He probably would have lost that match to Hiromu anyway. And then probably lost to TJP just to officially knock him out. 
So I, I, I tend to think it didn't change anything. But, you know, it had to be brought up. And Ishimori has some kind of cervical injury or something. I mean, yeah, it didn't look good. Yeah, he landed on his, his neck. Um, and let me see what the exact injury that they're saying it is right now. But uh, it does not sound like it's something that's... So while uh, you're looking that up, that, that show on, on the 21st from Cork and Hall was the best show of the tournament, surpassing night one from Cork and Hall. That show fucking rocks. I had four notebook matches on that show, which nearly matched the whole rest of the tournament combined. I think I only had five or six otherwise coming into that show. But uh, Mike Bailey versus Taguchi, I thought was fantastic. Dan Maloney versus Robbie Eagles. That match fucking rocked. And we talked about Dan Maloney he last got himself, week. How it's like, he got himself on the right track, man. He really did. Man, do we look like fucking prophets after that conversation? <laughs> we, we really do. He has looked nothing but great since since last week. He found his footing. He found his confidence. And that explosiveness and that aggressiveness that he wasn't showing early, it came out of him in that Robbie Eagles match. And I don't know. Did you see the Clark Connors match? Oh, yet? yeah. I oh, love God, that match. Like, that match ruled. That match was fucking holy great. Holy shit did <laughs> yeah. that fucking rule. Yeah. So Maloney has totally, on the back end of the tour, like we suspected might happen, found his comfort level and just totally just started kicking ass. And now you're like, holy shit, they better bring him back. And then um, Leo Rush, TJP, that fucking rocked. And then the Despi-Francisco-Akira match, I that might be the best match of the whole fucking tournament to this point. So that show on the 21st from Cork and Hall, again, we like to give recommendations to people. I would say if you're truly just a casual New Japan viewer, Watch night one from Corican Hall and then watch night eight from Corican Hall. And you will see basically just about all the best stuff from the tournament. Right. I, I like the, the um, final two nights in Osaka, I think, had a lot of really cool stuff. But a lot of it was sort of stories being completed from the best of the series. I mean, there were some good matches in there for sure. No doubt. Like you talk about Leo Rush and, uh, and, and Bailey. I mean, that was a hell of a match. And like you said, Connors and, and, and Maloney. But. Those are two nights that, like, I couldn't recommend in whole unless you've watched a lot of the other best of the Super Juniors. Like, that Taguchi story, that might not land with you. The Taguchi finally using his ass to get a win, like, that might not yeah. land with you if you didn't watch the entire tournament or whatever. You might be like, I don't get what the big deal is. But, yeah, if you watch New Japan for a while, that was rewarding you for being a longtime New Japan viewer or watching throughout the whole tournament. And I kind of felt like the last two nights of Osaka were that. They were kind of finishing up stories, guys ending their, their runs here. With that said, like, they were two really, really good shows. I enjoyed those. But yeah, it, I I would think that night one and and what was it night eight are like just watch both those nights and you're gonna get like everything you need out of the best of the super juniors tournament. Not to totally discount everything you said, but I was kind of just talking about like the random block nights. I think the Osaka shows, like you could jump in there because those are like the block deciders, you know. But um, but I agree. Like, um, I thought the A block night there was one less match because Ishimori TJP wasn't in the mix, but um. The Bailey Leo Rush match was great. And um the show match was just garbage, but he just does his gimmick. Um he brought out like an imposter dookie. Yeah. And was beating him, and then the other dookie escaped from fucking being tied up or whatever. Just total silly. I think yeah, I'm 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 hitting the thirty second thing on, on show matches moving forward. So I I life's too short. Yeah, for it's that. just silliness. Yeah. It's um well, you know. And then um the the big Teton upset of um of Hiromu. You know, and then the next night was um, the B block stuff with uh, 
the highlight being, you know, Despy and Robbie Eagles, I thought was easily the best match of that night. Uh, well, Maloney, Clark Connors, listen, that wasn't like a traditional wrestling match. They, <laughs> that was a fight, man. That was awesome. It was a fight. And it's like two guys. Look, they had what I learned from that was they have great chemistry. And I'd love to see them wrestle again because they really laid it in. They brawled all over the building. You know, then they, they they brawl for like 10 minutes. They get in the ring and then the bell rings. Then they beat the shit out of each other some more. They both have tape hanging off of their body. Right. And then Maloney wins it by count out. And what was just a total fucking war. And, and Maloney was over with the Osaka crowd after that one too. So, but that was like something a little different, you know, the other matches on that night were kind of just there where they were kind of just there. So that and Despy versus Eagles, uh, you know, were the two standouts, but um, yeah, it all sets up the, uh, the, uh, the final, which is, well, the, no, no, there's two shows, the semifinal right. And, right. and then the final. So they've, they're really, uh, dragging this thing out so we've got the two semifinal matches back in tokyo but that uh slightly bigger building they're not corking for this one and you know a bunch of tags underneath and that's gonna be on the 24th that's no the 26th late tonight yeah and then uh they're taking a day off and then the ota city gym we don't know the card yet but we know the final the super junior final is gonna be on top so um yeah, any other thoughts on Super Juniors? I mean, I mean, we'll be right back at it next week with the two final shows. Yeah, and... no, I just think ultimately, I think a, a tournament that probably over delivered for me. I mean, there were there were some lulls, there were you know, like we talked about the dog days, but I think all in all, like a really good tournament. They they brought the goods here. They brought everybody they brought in from the outside was was really good in terms of you know they had guys that were kind of in their purview, but you know, or, or in their you know big universe. Like Leo Rush is kind of in their universe or whatever, but still bringing him in. Uh, Teton coming in and, and, and giving him that push and, and, and Mike Bailey uh, coming in. All those guys were really good. And I just think everybody else delivered. And yeah, the, the Dan Maloney thing looked through the first couple of nights like an absolute disaster. And yeah, like you said, we, we, we said, hey, stick with it. This guy, you know, he's capable of doing so much more and he's capable of being so much better. And I think him delivering as much as he did on the last half of the card, our last, last half of the tour, really helped a lot. And, and it made pretty much everybody. And I, I, I thought, I thought, Honestly, I thought Taguchi's matches were really good throughout the entire tournament. He brought his A game. Really, with the exception of Show, I can't say that anybody really didn't. Bushi, I guess, sometimes doesn't land for me. It's kind Bushi's of okay. He's just there. Yeah, he's, he's kind just of just there. I can't, I can't just... not. I have to disclose the Bushi. You know, I can't say that he's perfect, you know, but pretty much everybody else I thought was great. So that you there were was guys... something to sink your teeth into. Right, with every other guy. And if you were into shows antics, because it was mostly played for comedy, then you probably didn't mind that either. Right, and some people like that. Um, I just have no time for it. But if you have time for it, it's not bad. Like, it's 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 decent wrestling comedy. I just don't really need it in my life. So, What the fuck is up with the way they booked Kushida? Because then he loses to Taguchi. Yeah, I don't know. I that I, shocked that he had four points. He was just out of the mix, like, halfway through the tour and just ate. So many. I don't know if they're just like mad at the guy for leaving, and they're telling him that he's got to. But he's been back for a while now. I don't know. Is he leaving he's again? He's a champion. Is, he holds a he holds a fucking title. I don't know. He lost to Dookie. He lost to Leo Rush. He lost to Taguchi. He lost to Ishimori. He lost to Teton, and he lost to TJP. He beat Mike Bailey. That's it. He beat Mike Bailey, and I, he beat Show. I would have lost the fucking uh, deed to my house. 
before the tournament if someone said, I bet you Kevin Knight finishes with more points. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Knight had six points. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I don't know. I thought his booking was um, peculiar, to say the least. Um. So, yeah, we'll have uh, two more of these shows. And then mm-hmm. after that, it'll be Dominion on the Dominion's on the fourth, right? So yeah, they got that little here. junior yeah. festival thing coming up sometime soon too. So there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on there. All right, so Dominion, we want to talk about. We'll talk about Dominion next week. Mm-hmm. We're gonna wrap up the Super Juniors next week, and then also preview Dominion. Correct. So that's how it's gonna play out. Yep. Yeah. When is that junior gimmick in? Uh, in that is. In- I just had it and I lost it. Let me get it again. It was on the. Oh, sorry. No, that's that's not until August. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong schedule. That's not until August. We got to I the, the one that we're gonna have to talk about pretty soon is that all together again is what I meant. Um yeah, yeah. Th- that but that that's until the ninth. We got until the ninth for that one, so plenty of time. That's for, the ninth. So that's that the ninth. Be... So it's a couple days after Dominion. Dominion's on six four, oh, well, and then yeah. this is on the ninth. We're not talking about that for two weeks because that'll be on Friday. So um yeah, we don't have to talk about that until the week we review Dominion. Correct. We review Dominion and preview that. Correct, correct. All right, so that's that. All right, so this resurgence. Yeah, let's talk resurgence. Uh, did you watch the pre-show? Uh, I did not watch the pre-show, no. Just the main show. I watched the pre-show. What was on the pre-show? What was on the pre-show? It seemed long. It was. Because <laughs> my video file, I had to skip a lot to get to the uh, main nah, show. Yeah, I dead time. Oh, was it? Was, it? Okay, um, okay. Because it was like an hour and 40 minutes on my preview and i'm like what the hell was on the pre-show <laughs> but it probably nah, the new japan the world fucking, screen for most of it right for a lot of it it was the fucking robot guy against christopher daniels uh, alex coglin <laughs> uh, at first i was like who are you talking about it's funny because people say christopher daniels wrestles like a robot sometimes and he wrestled the robot guy um and it was the dkc and bateman I don't even remember who won. So that tells you how much of an impression it <laughs> I'm being told uh, Bateman um, defeated the DKC. That's what I'm being told. So. I think that's wrong. Let me look this up. <laughs> I don't think it is. Who told you it's wrong? You're going off your memory, which you just literally said seconds ago you don't remember who won. Yeah, I don't remember who won. I thought um, DKC won the match, but I, I could be wrong. Um, we'll never know. No, there's no way to know, so it's okay. Yeah, we'll do a running bit. Um 3,000 fans in the uh, oh, you're, long <laughs> oh, you're. I think you're right. I'm telling you, I think DKC won. So uh, Wikipedia says Bateman defeated the DKC. They got to change that because uh, Cage Match says the DKC beat Bateman. Where's the swink when you need <laughs> I know. And nobody in the Nodope um, chat room. We're clearly not a lot of pre-show list, uh, uh, watchers in the Nodope chat room because we get we something got? wrong. We got 17 people telling us we said it wrong. We got Nobody's a bunch of us. <laughs> Nobody's corrected us. A bunch of Fugazi New Japan fans in the chat because none of them know who won the match either. Nobody watched but, the buy-in. Um, well, I know that Coglin beat Christopher Daniels. That, that I, I believe is true. Yes, that that no, cage not, match I in believe, Wikipedia do I, agree with <laughs> that. Yes, that Coglin defeated. Christopher I remember Daniels. that finish. Okay, so don't tell me. Um, nice house. This is going to be bigger than some of the collision houses. This 2,903 fans in uh, Long Beach. So, uh, home of Montel Jordan, right? This is how we do it. Uh, yeah, I believe, uh, yeah. yeah. Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Doggy Dog, also from... Uh... <laughs> Listen, 
there's not a person listening to the show who when Montel Jordan, this is how we do it comes on. You don't turn that up. It's such a great you, song. You have to. It's yeah. and it's good with like immediately. Like yeah. four seconds in, you're just like, fuck, this song's awesome. It's just like he does that. This is how we do it. And then that first beat hits and you're like, fuck, this song's great. Yeah. And then you listen to it yeah. all the time. There's no wasted time. You know, he goes right to the, the fucking high spots in that one. Like there's no there's no fucking mat work. There's no fucking grapple fuck. This is how we do it. It just hits you right in the mouth as soon as it comes on. So absolutely. He's like six foot eleven. He played at Long Beach State. <laughs> Montel Jordan, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a college player at Long Beach State, Montel Jordan. He uh he's fucking freakishly tall. He's like he was like a power forward or something. Um you could fact check me on that too. But uh DKC one, according to the New Japan website. <laughs> okay. According to that, Williams, I think that seems pretty official. So let's let's go with that. So I would like an apology, number one. And number two, it's funny because no one in the chat, there's, there's no one watched because someone had to look on the New Japan website to determine who won this match. So, um, you know, the swink can't find him with a search party. Rich can't find the guy. He don't. He didn't watch either. He watched. He watches everything. Hold on, I got a cough. I'm at the doctor's office getting my balls fondled here, coughing constantly. Um, <clears throat> all right, so let's get reorganized here. Uh, You're right over there, pal. <laughs> you need to handle this or you got it? Nah, you fucking, you mushed me. You know what? Can you take us through the matches? Because I got to, I yeah. got to take, <laughs> Yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Uh, well, I'll take you through some of the matches. I do want your thoughts on, on a few of the big time matches. But uh, okay. the the actual show itself uh, started out with uh, Kevin Ario and Virus uh, versus TMDK, Bad Dude Tito, uh, and Zach Saber Jr. Kevin Ario and Virus getting the win over Bad Dude Tito and uh, Zach Saber Jr. So that uh, fun little match, a fun little opener. Um, Fucking rules. It rules. Yeah. (laughs) It was really, I, and that's where like the video, I got kind of screwed up because I, I for, I went so fast, you know, through the, through, through the video to try to get to where the show started. And then I'm watching these guys and I start the match with them and I'm like, man, what a fucking hell of a match. I'm thinking, man, this had to be like in the middle part of the show or like, no, it was the opener. (laughs) and It was really, really good. And I'm thinking, I think Kevin Ario and viewers have to go to New Japan and, and, and wrestle proper New Japan for a, a lot. I mean, they, they, they were great in this match. And Kevin Ario is a guy that I always love. I always, and there was that couple years ago where everybody kind of thought this was like the next dude. You know what I mean? Like everybody thought this is going to be the guy. And then CML held, uh, CMLL had their weird thing where they just weren't that good. And I would check in and people would be like, eh, he's fine. He's just kind of doing whatever. He's fucking great, man. He's just as good as he was a couple years ago, so I I I hope to see more Kevin Ario in, in in this year. And Virus was right right there with him too. So Saber working with these guys was great. Bad dude Tito, no no slouch either. But uh, Saber with those two guys was just magic, just absolute magic. Yeah, yeah. And Virus has had a handful. He's had two or three matches this year that I've really enjoyed. Okay, match of the year contenders, no, but um, you know a lot of the stuff. In Arena Mexico, he's had some uh, lightning matches that I've enjoyed that I've written about behind the paywall. So um, it was nice to see him get booked on a show like this. You know, kind of an unheralded guy. Yeah. Who's very popular in some circles. You know, perfect guy to get in there with Zack Sabre Jr., especially. And, um, yeah, I thought this match was it was so much fun. So much fun. 
Uh, then you had uh, the first, so we had the semifinals and the finals of the New Japan Strong Women's uh, Tournament. So the semifinals, we, we could probably just do them all at the same time. It's probably a little yeah, bit easier. Yeah, let's do them than, all. Yeah, do them all. Uh, so you had Mercedes uh, versus Stephanie, what's it, Vacure? Vacure? How do you exactly pronounce it? However you pronounce it, she fucking rocks. She, I have never seen her wrestle before, or if I did, I just forgot about it. I thought she was fucking great. I want to see more of her. In 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 because I thought I thought it was one of Mercedes's best matches, you know, post WWE, and yeah, I want to see more of of of, of a cure. I mean, she was really good there, neck and neck, and they had a really fun back and forth match, countering each other's counters, like real good mat wrestling, grappling. I mean, this was this way blew away my expectations. I, I didn't really know about her much at all, and like I said, I don't remember if I've ever seen her, but uh, I need to see more. Uh, and, and I was just blown away. I, I thought she was spectacular in this match, and, and Mercedes was great too. Yeah, I thought both semifinal matches were excellent, you know, and, and the crowd was really into both of them, too. And, um, you know, the winners were kind of predictable in both oh, cases. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... You knew that was going to be the final. Yeah, and uh, Willow in there with this Momo Kogo. I mean, that that was an excellent match, too. Uh, where's she from? Is she Stardom? She's Stardom. Yeah, I believe she is Stardom. Oh, yeah, it's New Japan. I should know that. Yeah, it's so... Um, no, I thought both matches were very close in quality and both very good in the semifinals. So, and then the final, since we're going to lump them all together, was really shaping up to be great. Oh God, and... it was so good. Yeah, I, I knew. So I knew. I watched this after, so I knew the injury was coming. I didn't know when it happened in the match. So as this match is going, I'm like thinking, ah, you know what? It's probably not even going to be a match that's worth talking about because she's going to get hurt and it's going to kind of end it. They got they got what almost fourteen minutes in. I think thirteen minutes and thirty four seconds or whatever was the final match time. I mean they were like you know twelve minutes into this match and it was really 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 good. And I, I it sucks because obviously once she gets hurt everything kind of changes. They have to completely redo a lot of the stuff. But man, I thought they were having a hell of a match before this, and and, and it sucks because you know my first thought was oh, okay whatever you know she's gonna get hurt and the match is gonna kind of be whatever. But it was like oh it's even more gutting because it was like they had a really really good match in them. And then, yeah, the, the injury happens, and it just kind of throws everything for a loop. I'll, I'll give Mercedes credit, too. I thought the injury happened, and they just kind of rolled in the ring and ended it. She, she was out there still trying to work and still trying to do as much as she could uh, with a fractured ankle. But, uh, you know, uh, eventually – and things were kind of weird, too. Like, you know, obviously they, they did a – you know, you, you agree that, like, Mercedes is going to win this match, right? And they pivoted to Willow. Yeah, see, I, that's the thing. I mean, it sure seems that way, you know. I, Which lot, is I see a lot of interesting people... with the questions of like, oh, New Japan's pushing. Like, they did, did they not watch this match? Because like Willow, do, it's clear that Mercedes rolls in. She says something. She, they, they do a, a little bit of a move. She she bends over. She says something to Willow. Willow kind of rolls over, and and you know, it's it's like wrestlers. You can tell when wrestlers are talking or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. they were doing a lot of that because I'm sure at some point she goes, "I fucked my ankle up. My ankle's ruined. Like you got to win. You got to win. You got to win." And then Willow's kind of just like, "Uh, you sure?" <laughs> like you know, kind of like I don't really. And then they go to it, but then the referee clearly didn't get clued in because they do that yeah. weird. She does the power bomb, and then the referee's like, "One, two, and he doesn't want to Mercedes. Her shoulders up. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, it's not." And then they must have said, like, no, we're gonna, she's going to win. And then Willow picks her up again and drops her, and then he finally well, counts you three. Could see, yeah, well, you could see the referee. Willow gets up, and she's agitated. And then she's like, all right. So then she does the Jerry Lawler thing, and she pulls down the straps to kind of distract. But if you're paying attention, the ref is now leaned over to Sasha, and they're having the conversation. So at that point, she clues them in. So I think you're right. I think... 
Sasha was supposed to, or Mercedes, whatever the fuck. Yeah, I, I mean, Mercedes she was going to win. That's why this title was created. It wasn't created for Willow Nightingale. I mean, no, no offense right. to Willow Nightingale. It was, it was created for Mercedes, man. Like, what are we doing here? But that's a bold move to call an audible and put the other person over without, you know, that, that typically would come from the back. So, you know, I'm not 100% certain, but I'm 75% certain that Mercedes was supposed to win this match just based on the referee being terrified to count three. And then totally, yeah. I mean, that would exactly, and that, that's where, like, because I've seen, I, I've seen some people say, like, well, no, it kind of made sense in the story, and da 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 da, and you wouldn't give her the what? title, if it, but no, and it's like, like you said, you can tell when she does that first power bomb, and the ref is like, I'm not counting three, <laughs> like, fuck you, I'm not doing that, I'm not yeah. getting in trouble for this, so he gets, like, I don't know if he thought she was knocked out or whatever, or that was, well, you know, she what. But it was clear from that moment then to do the same move over again and to make sure that you take yeah. the time to slow down, tell the referee, hey, this is what's happening now, do the power bomb again. Yeah, to me, that was all clear. So I don't know what people, anybody who doesn't think that that, like, th- this is clearly not the way the finish was supposed to go. And like you said, it's bold, too, because, like, Willow's an AEW wrestler that's in this thing. So it causes a whole lot of kerfuffle. But, I mean, in the end, it's the right move if Mercedes can't, you know, if she wins that title and immediately has to vacate it, that's a bad move, too. But, yeah, for people being like, hey, Tony... You should push Willow, and it's like, well, she wasn't gonna win this match. You know what well, I mean? Like, plus, did you hear the way Tony answered? Yeah, he's like, when once he got agitated, he was like, "Well, you know, I do think this was a really, really big upset, <laughs> right?" For Willow and to you, win this match because he could probably tell these people and, didn't watch the match. Because if you watch the match, and, you would know what was going on. And you could tell by the way, like he didn't. He said it just like I just said it. You know, if you go back and listen to the audio, and then he's very perturbed. And talking about how he recommended her. And then he was at the end of his little diatribe, he was like, um, you know, uh, we we have a we have a great uh new Japan strong champion now, though. We do have a great champion now. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and he was and and he 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 basically revealed that he had Mercedes booked for Forbidden Door because uh Nick Hausman asked him directly, he said, Does the Mercedes injury change booking uh, forbidden door plans? And he said Look, he says his direct quote was only me and Mercedes know what we had planned. It was basically saying he she was going to be on the show in some form. Right. And then he went on to say and uh, that uh, we don't know uh, when she's going to be able to wrestle again, meaning him and her. So, yeah, it, it seems as though she was supposed to win this match and probably defend that title in some form. Maybe lose it to Willow even. Who knows? On, on the Forbidden Door show. So, um yeah, I don't know. I I, I I tend to side with you based on the totally perplexed referee who they should have very clearly done a better job of cluing in if they were going to change the finish. Right, and the post-match promo, too, by Willow. She did a good job with it, but it didn't feel like something that she was fully prepared to do when she got to the arena that day. You know what I mean? Oh, like- well, I, I don't know if you noticed. She was at ringside slapping five. And one of the uh, someone in a New Japan New Japan um, warm up jacket whispered in her, like got in her ear, <clears throat> and whispered and pointed to the ring, and then she nodded and she got into the ring to cut. Oh, the see, I didn't even notice that. Okay, so yeah, again, like come on, <laughs> there's so many so things pointing that's to more this. evidence yeah. because I don't think she knew she was supposed to promo. She she didn't wasn't clued in on the fact that they wanted her to promo, which tells you that she probably didn't even know she was going to win. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. She was probably not supposed to win this match. But look, it was it was on pace to be great. I mean, they they were really on their way to having a great match. 
All right. And it was still pretty good, honestly. It was still really like, good. Yeah, it was still really, yeah. really good. It's just like, man, if they could have just landed, you know, actually had a finish, like it probably would have been really, really good. But yeah, unfortunately, it's just, you know, so much happened. At the, at the, you know, and uh, what is it? Fractured ankle, I think, is her official injury. So that's not good. That's going to be a while for mercedes so I yeah, don't know. it could be a while yeah it could be a while yeah that's a that's a tough injury but but hey credit to her for gutting getting through it staying in the match trying to wrestle on one foot which is also i mean god you could cause so many more things can happen by trying to wrestle on one foot too i mean you have so just many hopping more leg- around on yeah i was thinking that i'm like oh my god you're gonna tear your acl doing this <laughs> like just maybe just reel it but um yeah it just sucks sucks for her so we'll see what uh what the when when she comes back but yeah she man when she came out then that pop this is her house. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that pop when she came out for that first semifinal was massive. So yeah, a lot these, of people there. People, people jumping up and down, grown men and women jumping up and down to see Mercedes it, it live and in the flesh. They were into this tournament and into the idea of, you got the sense it was a crowd that was like, look, there's a big night for women in New Japan and we're going to make sure these fuckers get over. Yep. That's, that's the sense you got from the crowd. And then we had Juice Robinson and Fred Rosser, a street fight. I've seen mixed views on this. I thought this rocked. I thought this match was cool as fuck. Where are you on with this one? I liked it, too. I thought it was a little too long. Did not need to be 23 minutes. 23 minutes is too long, for sure. You could have done this in 17 minutes. Uh, You could have done this in 15 minutes. But they wrestled to the story, and and it it was just a bunch of fucking plunder silliness that I actually, yeah, I did. I enjoyed this as well. I, I've seen a lot of people say they, they hated it and I get it. Um, but aside from the length, you know, and then Tony Storm gets involved. I thought it was fun. I, I did. I just thought it was a little too long. They also did like as many like tropes as you could possibly do, which is fine. Like, and they did it like it was a fight that had weapons, but then they, like, the first half of it was, like, a fight that had weapons, then they started getting really tropey and and stuff, and that's where I could see that some people didn't, you know, like, particularly love it, because then you have, like, Rosser kissing Tony Storm, and then going, like, ah, you know what I mean, which was kind of funny, too, and then, like, yeah, it it got a little, it was just like, all right, we got it, reel it in, like, let's let's, let's go home, guys, let's go home, let's finish this, yeah, a little too long, but, uh, yeah, I I, I thought it was a little bit better than, I've seen some people really hated it, and I, I didn't. I didn't hate it that much. I thought it was pretty. But pretty I can funny. understand why people. Oh, for sure. It. For sure. Because sometimes these street fights, I fucking cannot stand and I hate them. But this one, yeah. sometimes they land for you. And this was one of the ones uh, that landed for me. So, Joe, how, how late do you want to go on the show? Because I had I had a little bit of a game here that we could play. Are, are you willing to play? How many more matches do we got? Three. Three more matches. You want to play a little game? I'll play a game. You want to play a little game? All right. I will play a game. All right. You're you, not going to hear this what music. Are you? What are you? Are you are you jigsaw? Like what are you the are you, are you the are you the computer from war games? Like <laughs> how play? many times are you gonna ask me if I wanna play a game? Please. Yes, All I'll right. play the game. Let's play the game. This uh, came from the mind of Jack Beckman, uh, voices of wrestling contributor. Uh, you might know know, Joe, that New Japan for Wrestling has the New Japan Academy. Are you aware of the New Japan Academy? No. That's where you out. You don't know what the New Japan Academy is. Okay. Now I'm in trouble. What okay. That's all right. You don't know what the New Japan Academy is. That's no problem. Uh, in uh, a post, a New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that they will hold the New Japan Academy Showcase at the LA Dojo on June 10th. The showcase will feature students in the spring 2023 class, and talent will compete in matches against classmates, coaches, 
and other wrestlers. The coaches are Fred Roster, the DKC, Kevin Knight, and Royce Isaacs. So no Katsuyori Shibata. He did like a little, I don't know if you saw, he did like a little peace out thing for the LA Dojo. So he appears to be done with the LA Dojo. I don't know what his next step is. We'll see. But there were some names announced for the showcase show. So, Joe, okay. you need to determine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you 12 names, and I have a tiebreaker, too. 12 names. You have to tell me, are these New Japan Academy wrestlers or a fake wrestler? Okay? Okay. Okay. All right. You got, you got this. So, New Japan Academy wrestler that is going to be wrestling on this show, or are they a fake wrestler? All right. Let's go. We'll start with number one, Elliot Crow, but the Crow is spelled with a Q. Q R O W. <laughs> Elliot Crow with a Q. Mm. Okay. Uh, Pizza Gate gimmick with the Q. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're right. I didn't think of that. Yeah, maybe. I, I will say just because it's way too stupid with the Q that this is an actual student. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Indeed. Yes, he is a actual student. Elliot Crow. Number two, Guy Stevenson. Guy Stevenson. That sounds like the host of a game show, Guy Stevenson. Uh, I will say that that is a fake wrestler. You are correct. Two for two. Guy Stevenson, not a real wrestler. Darius the Crusher. Darius the Crusher. I have to say that if um, Hardwood Rich Mahogany is not one of the options. Very <laughs> I wish it was. But... Um, <laughs> no, no gimmicks needed. Steve the Samurai. That's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. I hear that one. I just come unglued. Makes <laughs> no, me Steve the, the what's Samurai. The, what's the cat scratch? Oh, <laughs> cat scratch Frederick. That was from our game. Chuck Taylor had the <laughs> no gimmick seated, <laughs> but our game was cat scratch Frederick, and I'll never forget. Just twenty scratch minutes of us laughing. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> Oh, God, the meme with the guy in court to this day. It's hilarious. Um, what's this guy's name now? Uh, Darius, Darius uh, the Crusher. Sounds like someone who handed a zip file to Tony Khan. Um, <laughs> I would say that this is a real wrestler. <laughs> Darius the Crusher is a fake wrestler. You are incorrect. <laughs> Sorry. But plenty of time to get back on track here. Number four, Alec Bullsdale. Alec Bullsdale. Fake. Incorrect. Alex Bull Alec Bullsdale is indeed a real wrestler and will be appearing at the New Japan Academy show. Honest John. Honest John. Real. Correct. That's a good that's a tough one. Honest John does not seem like he'd be real. Uh, but honest, it John. sounds like someone. It sounds like someone who would work a Circle Six show. Or <laughs> yeah, or one of those. Just yeah, this is the, one of the earliest, the eleven forty-five a.m. Circle Six shows. Yes, right there with the Cajun guy, <laughs> the yeah. crazy Cajun, crazy Cajun versus Honest John. Uh, number six, Butch Slaughter. Butch Slaughter. No, that's a try-hard fake wrestler. That is indeed a fake wrestler. So you are right now. You are. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, you, you, so you did Butch Slaughter fake, right? You were correct. Okay. Yeah. So you are four four correct, two incorrect. Sam Sara. Sam Sara. Real. Real indeed. Sam Sara is going to be on the New Japan Academy shows. Number eight, Casper Lund. Casper Lund. Lund? 
Casper Lund, L-U-N-D. Real. Casper Lund is fake. I am sorry. Incorrect. Number nine, Red Williams. Mm, that sounds fake. Fake. No, Red Williams is a... Oh, man, we might have to use this tiebreaker here. You have one, two, four incorrects, five correct. Four four. So here we go. Five okay. and four. Five and four. Number 10, Bryson Montana. Real. Okay, that's kind of a trick because he's actually an NXT superstar, Bryson Montana. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that name. <laughs> Bryson Montana. So we're not going to throw that one out. That, was, that yeah. one's just a joke one. Yeah, that, that's just that you can't throw believe Bryson Montana. Uh, the Great Luton. The Great Luton. L O T A N. The Great Luton. Real. Oh, the Great Luton is fake. Incorrect. Uh oh. Holy shit. Are you, are we, yeah, we're five. This is it. Make or break right here. Number. Number 11, Zach Taylor. That's like the Rams quarterback. Will it help you if I tell you that it's Z-A-C? No K, no H, Z-A-C, Taylor. Zach Taylor with a Z-A-C? Zach Taylor, Z-A-C? That's like a fucking... That's a football coach. But could there be a wrestler with the same... That's, That's the fucking... Bengals coach that was the Rams fucking quarterback coach. Um, I'm going to say that's a real wrestler who shares the same name. And Joe, you would be correct. You won right. the game. Great job. Uh, figuring out the New Japan Academy wrestlers. Uh, would you like the tiebreaker just for shits and giggles? Yes, let's do it. Uh, Kuriaskos J. Tumbas. What the fuck is that? <laughs> um, that can't be fake because why would you make up? Yeah, exactly. Like that? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a real guy. It's a real guy. Kiriak. I, I think I have it. All right. Kiriakos J. Tumbas. Yes, that is a real name. So, congratulations. Right. You've done well. Yeah. I'm not gonna I forget to well. fade this music out. Okay. It's very, very loud. Oh, very, you had the music. Going? I had music. Yeah, I had very loud music going on in the background. So. Very nice. Okay. Uh, great job. Great job. Honest John. I did Thank not think you were going to get Honest John, but you, you you did. You nailed it pretty good. So I know what he would look like, too. Like, <laughs> right? Just a shit yarder. like A beard and some long hair and <laughs> fat. a creepy smile. Fat. Uh, definitely fat. He's definitely fat. Right. I don't, I don't know if six. this Honest John, for, for the record, I don't know if this Honest John is fat. I don't think he is, but I know that the, the Circle Six mind, Honest fat. John is, yeah, he's fat. He's just awful yeah so can't work yeah it's terrible um all right all right let's get back together let's back let's go okay new japan strong open weight title match thank you for playing along here uh kenta versus hikuleo i gotta tell you i enjoyed the fuck out of this i did too i that was my hot take i was thought you were gonna be like it's boring as fuck it's stupid i kind of liked it too this was just look do you really want to watch 2023 Kenta and Hikuleo, who I think I'm out on to. Oh, he stinks. St- Hikuleo like, stinks. Like, just fucking wrestle and exchange holds? No. So what do they do? They brawl up into the fucking bleachers, and then Kenta chucks this dude off the bleachers through a table on the floor and wins by count. And then runs in the ring and wins by count. And wins his title by count out. I loved it. Chuck the dude off the bleachers through a table on the floor. 
I so prefer what they did to attempting to have a, like an actual match. I, I legitimately, non-ironically enjoyed this. And now, because I've said I've enjoyed the street fight and this bout, I can now give my take that I thought this show fucking rocked from top to bottom. I liked everything on the show. Yeah, it was a good show. I I, I agree. I, I think pretty much because those are the two matches that I thought I wasn't going to like, and then I ended up liking yeah. them a little bit. Uh, and what's what's cool about the Hikaleo Kenta match is that you had because I'm initially thinking as as they hit the ring, I'm thinking, oh Jesus, you're going to do another plunder match immediately. But this had the big table spot, but they just built the entire match to that table spot. They didn't do anything yes. else. They didn't do anything for 11 minutes. They didn't do shit. They were just teasing. One of these guys is going to get thrown off this balcony into this la- this table, and then they did it, and then that was it. So it was yep. one high spot pretty much in the entire – and that's fine. That's okay. And th- But the tension was – there was a ton of tension of, like, someone's going to go through this fucking table. And when Hikaleo went through that table, the crowd exploded and went nuts, and it worked. It absolutely worked. So, yeah, bells and whistles all the way because, yeah, I do not want to watch Kenta and Hikaleo, you know, exchange grappling, you know, maneuvers on the mat. Like, that would have been boring and bad. This was not boring and bad. This was fun. So, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it, too. Uh, Jordan Smith in the note of chat room. Uh, Honest John's Chevy Ultimate and Buick. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I'm Honest John, and I always yeah. give a fair price. He definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Shop the new Cutlass Classic at Honest John's Chevy Ultimate and Buick. It's like... A week and a half later, the carburetor blows. <laughs> right. You, you go to Honest John. Honest John's not so nice anymore. He's like, ah, that's not my fault. That's Ultimate Take it up with them. You know, it's like. You're sitting in traffic and steam is coming out from under the hood. <laughs> Right. I was John definitely has to leave town every so often, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely gets the other local municipalities, you know, investigating honest John's dealings. He, he skips town and he opens up honest Paul's <laughs> right, right. dealership. Like four, four towns over, yeah. Honest Paul yeah. Opens, up, opens up another dealership. Yeah. Uh Blackpool Combat Club, Moxley, Utah, Shota Umino, defeating Okada, Rocker Romero. And Tomohiro Ishii, Joe, can I tell you, love the shooter in this match. You know what? My, I've been waiting three and a half hours to say, Rich, what do you think of Shota Aminu here? This was good. And and then bury you if you said you didn't like him. No, he was great. He was this. great in this. He match. was great in this. And, and and honestly, the best part was the post match. Okada is laying on the mat. And he just starts kicking him in the head the fuck out of my ring. You know, Shota's like, get the fuck out of my ring. He's yeah. all big and bad now because he's got his boys. He's got Moxley behind him. He's got Yuta. He mm-hmm. knows that if Okada hits him, you know, he's got his boys to back him up. So he's just a shit ass, you know, just a little shit ass. To, yeah, get out of my ring. Get out. You know, it, I, I, this is Umino. If it, this, he needs his boys. He needs his guys. He's never going to be the top guy. He's never going to be the dude. But if he's got his, his, his lackeys behind him, he's got his dudes behind him, this is good. Him telling him, no, 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 I'll, I'll take this match. I'll take this match. <laughs> Okada, oh, prick Okada is just the best. But, yeah, the bell rings. Umino's like, no, 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 guys, I got this. I got this. And Okada's just like, I'm not wrestling you. <laughs> it just taps out immediately. Good. Just great he, stuff. He worked with such passion and yep. fire in this mm-hmm. match. He really was great. I mean, I, I, as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking about it. And this is is got to be his best performance ever. I mean, from a, just the way he was carrying himself alone, let alone the work was solid as fuck, but he came across 
more of a star here than he ever has before. This was his match. This was his match. John Moxley and Kazuchika Okada were in this match, and this was Shota Aminu's match. I came away so impressed by him, and I wanted you to disagree, but you don't. So I can't. Um, the way he even scored the pinfall, just all cocky as fuck. And I mean, he was really great here. This was very encouraging. Um, I haven't been down on him like you have been, but um, not surprised at all that you were impressed. I thought you were going to dig the heels in, but um, no, yeah, I'm a this, fair man. This I'm match. a fair man. I can't. I cannot, in in good conscience, tell you that Shota wasn't great here. Yeah, and this match was great. It was the best match in the show. It was an absolute riot. So, um, yeah, just great stuff. And then we had the IWGP US Heavyweight Title Number One Contendership Tournament Semifinal Match. I can't even believe Will was able to wrestle here, but but he's back ish. Obviously, looking like he hasn't been able to lift weights or do much of anything, and and I'm not like ragging on the guy. Like I get it; he's got a pretty major injury, and and it, it showed. Like this is a guy who seemed like he was just chilling at home rehabbing, and that's fine. Like it's still Will Osprey; he's still pretty damn good, even with one arm uh, against Tanahashi, who is just I don't know what to even say about. It. But they they made the best out of this: a guy who only had one arm and a guy who's probably washed at this point. And it was fine, but it just, yeah, it, it's like in your head you imagine what Will Ospreay and Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to be, and it just wasn't that. They, they, they're just, they, both these guys at this exact moment just can't really give you that. They can't give you what you think they're going to give you at this time. So, I don't know. I, I thought it was okay. Um, it's just, yeah, Tanahashi is, I, I feel bad, man. It's just like, ah, we're, 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 we're there, you know? We're there. We're seeing it happen in real time, but he just doesn't have it anymore. Tanahashi is fucking finished. It's over, he's, right? Um, he's done. We're going to be having conversations about him in about a year or two that we were having about Muta. Um, if they dare push him. But um, he's fucking shot. He's done. Osprey, you noted the issues. And I still put this fucking thing in the notebook. They These two guys. Oh, it's just two all-time great pro wrestlers. They, they, they would, of course turn both men are husks of their of their former selves or or, or you know yeah with in, in will's and, case like i literally can't move one of my arms and tanahashi's just why and they're just so fucking great that yeah it was still pretty okay it was still pretty damn good they did almost nothing until the last five minutes or so and they still had a super compelling and very very good match it, it you know because again you're dealing with two of the best and uh to ever do it Two of the best to ever do it. And when you have guys like that, they find a way. And um, Tanahashi's getting close to the point where he won't be able to do that anymore. But he can still fake his way through a match with his charisma and, and putting it together in a smart way. And that hidden blade shot from the angle that they shot it was one of the coolest spots I've ever seen the way that they shot that hidden blade Tanahashi's on his knees and he's all wobbly and he's just, and Will Ospreay's coming straight at you. He's coming straight at the camera. You see him lurking over Tanahashi's shoulder. Yeah, you know, it's and happening and you know, it's going to happen. Pad. You're like, no, no, Tana, no. <laughs> and you're like, he's going to kill this man dead. It's going to be the end for him. And the camera is low, like between the ropes and pointing over Tanahashi's shoulder. He's out on his knees. And Will just comes straight at you like a freight train. 
destroys them with the hidden blade. That move always looks like it's legitimately taking people's heads off and it's probably super safe the way he does it. And um and it's just and then he picks him up for that dopey stormbreaker. The hidden blade so needs better. to be this man's. I agree. Finish. I don't I don't like the storm. The stormbreaker's fine, but the, it's one of those moves that the other guy has to take it perfectly and has to know what's coming and know how, the hidden blade is so much cooler. I wish he would just pin guys with the hidden blade. I agree. The problem is the Stormbreaker is fine in a vacuum. It should not follow the Hidden Blade. Like, if he wants to do the Stormbreaker as a finish, that's fine. But when he hits the Hidden Blade in a match like this, where Tanahashi's not the kind of guy who's going to kick out of it and, you know, have some epic... He's just going to lose. He should hit the Hidden Blade on people like this and just beat them. He shouldn't... You know, it's like, and the Stormbreaker should just be a different move that he uses at another. It's it's just, he, he every time he does the Hidden Blade and it looks incredible, like the most dangerous move you've ever seen. And then like, you're like, just, and then he picks him up for the stupid Stormbreaker, which feels completely unnecessary. And it drags the impact of the Hidden Blade. It, it It's because there's, it's saying, oh, that, that move, which looks like the most dangerous thing I've ever seen isn't enough to beat the guy. He also has to do this thing. I hate it. I fucking hate it. And I wish he'd stop. But anyway, it was an incredible visual. And I still think they had a great match with all the limitations that both guys had. But man, Tanahashi, like, it's it's not just that his body is done. His athleticism is quickly fading as well. Like, he did just little things that yeah, it's over. It's over. Yeah, it's it, it, over. It's over. I, I declared it a couple weeks ago that like, or, or a couple months ago, when I was like, I think we're we're seeing the end here. I think we're there. Yeah, I, I just I can't fathom this guy being able to deliver like a top tier type of match anymore. The ton- we're just gonna have to adjust our expectations a little bit with Tanahashi stuff and, and enjoy this ride. Like this 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 is gonna be like he's probably gonna have a few more years in him, like you said. And I guess we're gonna have to enjoy the ride, but we also, like you said, might start getting to the point too, where you're like, ah, just leave the memories alone. You know, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be better if I wasn't watching this guy. We're gonna be, get there soon. Yeah, we'll there uh, soon. It, very, very soon, yeah. very soon. He's still got yeah. enough here to, to to still, you know, when he's in the ring with the right guy or whatever. But yeah, I think we're. <sighs> Fortunately, I think we're there. So didn't he just have a broken rib or something too on top of it? So it's like I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he broke a rib or yeah, some some stomach issue or something yeah so it's well he's 46 i mean jesus christ <laughs> that's a long time to be wrestling he's been wrestling pretty much non-stop since what 2000 yeah i mean he's been wrestling for for decades now at this point non-stop what, 90 90 uh when did he start his career late 90s right i think late 90s. now yeah, i forget if he actually came in in 99 or late 90s i think yeah 98 or 99 yeah i want to say i, I want to say 99 but I, I don't know off the top of my head but yeah, probably. So, so that's a long time. That's a long time to be pretty much consistently wrestling. Five years constantly. Yeah, the only time he didn't wrestle for a while is when he got fucking stabbed. But then, you know, other than that, yeah. he's pretty much been wrestling. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So that is uh, Resurgence. Good show. New Japan Strong feeling hot again. Um, excellent show. Resurgence. Excellent show. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. And show. at twenty nine hundred, let me tell you, you know, that's a really, really good number. This. Uh, they're on TV 10 o'clock at night on Axis, okay? And they they, they put 2,900 people in a building. So um, I don't want to go too crazy about it, but, you know. People people they're, sleep they're, on, on the draw that New Japan is in America. They, they really do. 
because it does. It does draw well, and it's it's part of what draws Forbidden Door. It's not a hundred percent an AEW show. It, it is the New Japan draw, but like, yeah, it, it's this show. You wouldn't really know. I mean, if you weren't in hardcore wrestling circles, I don't know how much the show really gets you know publicized or talked about or whatever. But like you said, it's you know. 2,100 people in D.C., 1,000 people in Philly in a small building, and um, 2,900 people, almost 3,000 people here for this show. Um, you know, what did Battle Battle in the Valley did what, like 2,200 people? So, you know, it's... Um, well, just think of how good they would do if they were a major league, though, Joe. <laughs> if only they were a major league wrestling company, they might be able to, you know, that absolute draw more than that guy. Oh <laughs> like you know, <laughs> thousands of upon thousands of people <laughs> in a in a three day span. Yeah, yeah. Get it started. We don't have time for that. No, we do not have time for that on on this show. But uh, that is it for this episode of the Flagship Podcast. Again, make sure you're with us Sunday night immediately following Double or Nothing Instant Reaction Live. Full show review, match ratings, the one and only opportunity you will hear both of us review AEW Double or Nothing. We'll go live immediately following the show on Sunday. Flagship Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling, Voices of Wrestling.com slash Patreon. $10 tier uh, for that. I uh, also want to uh, say, you know, of course, lend your support to our sponsor, Betstamp. Uh, make sure you go to the Voices of Wrestling website, VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, subscribe to the rest of the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network and the Voice of Wrestling Discord, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. So that's Joe. I'm Rich. We will talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Music. It's not just part of our daily lives. It's part of our wrestling fandom as well. And it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in. Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. Hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.